Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming out of SideQuest Studios, this is the Simpsons Index, episode 104. Hello out there, I'm Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me tonight is BT Calloway. Yo, yo. And Maddie Dockrell. Hello. Hey guys, thank you for joining us for The Simpsons Index. Now normally this is the podcast where we watch three different episodes from three different decades, but today we're changing up the format a bit. (gasps) What? Oh my god, so shocking, but uh, actually going to be doing the episodes in chronological order and we're skipping the HD era tonight, so yay! (laughs) Listen, I signed up for a format. (laughs) If you're changing that, we're rewriting my entire contract. Well, the negotiations will continue after the podcast is over, but for now, we are going to be telling the tragic story of Skinner and Krabappel's love. Giving away the ending. Ah, the happy story of Skinner. Giving away, lying about the ending. (laughs) Skinner and Krabappel may or may not have been together. I can say that. Oh, dog, what are you doing? <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen, we once again have a dog in this studio. Roxy, get out of it. It is once again a poodle. <laughs> Unlike Bella, however, this one likes to get into things. This one's half poodle, half dinosaur. A very big poodle. <laughs> it is not as easy to contain as Bella, but I think she'll be all right. Yes, joining us tonight will be Roxy as well as we go through these tales of love. So starting out tonight, we actually watched an episode from the classic era, which was nice. We haven't gone in chronological order for a very long time actually uh, not since like 20 or something like that well in episode 69 <laughs> um when we did the two-parter special <laughs> the weed number yeah not something we've done that often yeah because yeah. we used to go oldest to newest but yeah we dropped that because we realized our energy levels dropping off at the end of the podcast round about the time the episodes got crap yeah now we start with the bad ones mm. so that the energy levels are better sort of matched <laughs> amazing tactical <laughs> yeah so yeah starting out on the tale of skinner and Krabappel, of course we started with season eight episode 19 grade school confidential first released in april of 97 r- directed by Susie dieter who's amazing simpsons director and written by rachel polito who just quickly this is our only simpsons writing credit she also oh. wrote the bumblebee man sketch in 22 short films yeah. and is uh, the wife of bill oakley but yeah, she also used to write for Harvard Lampoon, got a bunch of other writing credits. But yeah, anyway, just thought this is worth pointing out because for a one-shot yeah. episode, like... It runs deep, yeah. Wow, yeah. Anyway, in this episode, yeah, this is the one where Skinner and Krabappel get together. Guys, what'd you think? Man, there's so many good little quotes, little bits, little side I, gags. It's no. so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's an episode really full. Not necessarily of like easily quotable bits, but just little quips that just really make it down. It's like, I could write this down, but it's going to take, you know, six lines. Yeah. <laughs> because you really need the, everything surrounding it. But yeah, really good episode. Really good, clever little jokes in there. Yeah. I actually didn't realize how many quotable moments came from this one. Oh, so great. Like, this is like the buttery biscuit base for a lot of Simpsons <laughs> shit posting. Oh, yeah. A lot to build off here. There's so many moments, so let's get into them. BT, for better or worse, what is a moment from the story that stands out to you? I'm going to just check one of my notes here, which is Skinner is a romance wizard. <laughs> Isn't he what? I'm just going to say, because there's that bit where they're you know, hiding out in like the Martin's Playhouse where he gets a signal for Enda and he's like, um, do you have a breath mint? Oh, to heck with it. Just goes for it. It's a beautiful moment. <laughs> and also, you know, later on when, when he's confronted by Chalmers, he's like, I'm sorry, you can't make me choose between my job and the woman I love. He's like, puts it all on the line. Yeah. That's a man. Swoon. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. And he stood up for himself. Yeah, this is the guy that 
we've always talked about how they strike that balance between the tough authoritarian and the you know whipped mama's boy and here he, he gets to play a kind of new role but he's still very stern and strong in his in what he wants and he goes for it and it's beautiful yeah i guess yeah we are seeing like skinner's trying to navigate this relationship while having major disapproval from both of those two authority figures mm-hmm. which make him buckle both and he does it anyway and yeah way to go skinny boy how about you maddie what is a moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse oh god there's so many good bits you know i i really love homer in this episode actually because he's just it's not an episode about homer doing something dumb it's just you know he just has so many little moments that are just yeah. so cute and so funny and so like characteristic yep Sorry, that great bit where he's first introduced to the episode where he's um just driving Barton in yeah, the house around on the wagon in the space by the lawnmower. Shuttle. It's so good. And then like Bart and Millhouse get bored and jump off. Homer keeps going and then gets coat hanging by the hammock. It's so good. With President Nixon as well. Oh my we'll God. do, Mr. President. Like it's he's so, so into it. He's so into it. And it's funny as well because I'm like, he went to space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe that's how it started. He's like, oh kids, I'll show you exactly what it was like <laughs> he's just so into it. it looks like such a boring time as well like i just thought that was so great that was so funny yeah i also really liked bart's role in it as well like you know aiding the relationship and i think there are just so many funny little gags off that that came from it like yeah <laughs> when he has to keep agnes dizzy <laughs> oh well they're oh, on a date oh my god that cake bit is so so good you don't have any actual cakes do you oh no don't care for cake too <laughs> sweet like it's perfect it's so agnes oh, it's so yeah, it's good so almost cute but incredibly irritating well oh. it's like she likes the worst parts about cake making <laughs> she likes judging things you know the pictures of them yeah but you can have any picture you want to take home with you. Uh, and he's like, just, uh, okay, that one. Not that one! <laughs> That's a coconut cake! Um, as well as the lick my thumb so I can turn the page. <laughs> what? Can I just turn the page for you? <laughs> no! <laughs> like, that is like a new level of sick that the Simpsons writers came up there when yeah. they were thinking about that, like... Yeah, how can we make this as disturbing and unpleasant as possible? Well, yeah, especially <laughs> like Agnes, who, yeah, has is set in her ways, and her ways are very questionable. Mm-hmm. Like, it's actually interesting that she's not in that this episode that much. No, but I think she's in there just enough to be the opposing presence mm-hmm. she needs yeah. to be. And, yeah, she's introduced at the beginning when she's like, Seymour, what did I tell you about playing <laughs> in the neighbor's yard? I was invited, Mother. It's a party. Mm, if you're invited, that must mean I was too. Yeah, Come exactly. to the party. Okay. <laughs> I love that, like, subtle little world building as well that, oh, Martin and Principal Skinner are neighbours, and it's like, of course they are. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to say the moment from the story that stood out to me was, yeah, Bart's role in this, and the interesting turn that it almost starts out like Bart's blackmailing them, and then to retain the deal, Bart himself then gets blackmailed. Yeah, basically. But I love as well how he comes strong in the end and, like, helps them out and, like, Mm. helps them get their jobs back, and I think... As well, that's just like a testament to his character that even though he's like, you know, that bad boy, he's still sweet and... Still good at heart, you know, but he just got yeah. pushed too far. Like, yeah. he was happy to... Well, not happy, but he was willing to cover for them. Yeah. But uh, then they just made him say, I love you, Edna Krabappel, too many times. Oh, my God, that Which was so, was so rough. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you'd know that, like, it's a teacher and a principal. They had to know that wasn't going to play. They're so in funny. love, man. That's true. 
As the as Bob Dylan once said, you can't be wise and in love at the same time. <laughs> I gotta say that is like the one sticking point of the episode that like feels weird that they pushed him that far. But I gotta say, like this episode is also very jam packed with story. It is, mm. but I feel like they justify it through he's their cover and they can always yeah. use it. I think the bit of the movies is a good example of that where yeah. they've done everything they possibly could to make sure they didn't go noticed yeah. and they just kind of <laughs> sneak in, sneak a kiss and then Chalmers out of nowhere. She's like, oh, we're, we're on a field trip with a student he's in the lobby buying refreshments <laughs> i'm surprised that excuse worked like <laughs> oh that was so sad as well. i felt so sorry for bart in his pajamas he's yeah. so sleepy what's going on uh, Why here? you reckon they filmed this in atlanta i um, don't know <laughs> i don't think it's important yeah you're probably right so apparently from the clues that it was filmed in atlanta and it has tom berenger apparently the movie can only be the big chill <laughs> which also was released in 1983 in this episode of The Simpsons were released in 97. I know like retro screenings are kind of popular, but yeah. that's like nowadays. So anyway, this episode takes place in 1983. That's what I've determined. I see. Amazing. You've established <laughs> the timeline. That would explain why Homer's referencing Nixon. He might have still been alive oh, at the time. Yay. That's a good point. So play count. How many times before tonight do you think you've seen this episode? Oh, man. Many Many, many. How about you, Maddie? How many times? No, no, not many, many. Just many. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> How about you, Maddie? I would say under 10, above oh, really? 5. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it that many times. Yeah, well, I mean, it is a season 8 episode, and this is, you think about The Simpsons and Skinner and Krabappel being together just so it seems like how it always was. Yeah. But mm. yeah, this episode takes place in like, the very late half of season eight. Get a few sporadic mentions throughout, you know, the next few seasons. That's right. And then, obviously, the rise and fall of Edna Krabappel and Skinner is the name of this episode. So, yeah, it all comes to an end in season 15. It's just weird to me that it actually didn't last that long for how much you think of them as always oh, being together. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. That's like, that's eight years. Oh, uh, seven. Oh, you know what yeah. they say about the seven-year itch? Oh, that's always. Oh, wow. See a doctor. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, that's so true. I mean, that's seven years out of, what, almost 30? Yeah. But I think the same could be said about Lisa being a vegetarian. You just... Yeah. Because it gets established as returning canon, and they always have to reset to zero with that, you just kind of assume, okay, it's always going to be like that. Yeah, that's right. And it just becomes right. part of the wallpaper. And yeah, Apu gets married in, like, what, season nine or something? And then yeah. the octuplets 11 or And yet 10. you still think of Apu being married to Manjula and having yeah. octuplets. Absolutely. All right, so how about some of the wacky moments of this episode? What's sort of the, some of the cartoony things that stood out to you guys? I do just want to point out quickly, Ralph is having a really bad time in this episode. <laughs> I love First, that. he's at the birthday party riding a pony and just crying. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's, what was it? Yeah. Trying he, to pin the tail on the, no, that's. Yeah, yeah he missed yeah. the pin the tail right. on the donkey. And then he's vomiting from the food poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did have a rough time. Uh. But. Like, you guys knew this kid at the party, right? Yes, literally, I love how Ralph is that kid at the party, no matter what he does, like, yeah. just cannot be pleased. I still remember when I was six, like, my friend at the time, we just got bubble wrap to pop it, and it was fun, and he started crying, because the noise scared him. Oh, God, <laughs> I hate those windy kids. Yeah. I want to kick him. I just distinctly remember in at my first primary school and all the parties we'd go to, there was this one kid whose name I'm going to bleep because he probably doesn't cry at parties anymore. You don't know that. Well, maybe. Oh, God, Roxy, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> whose breath smells like fish? Yes, it does. 
She's not very familiar with the format. Yeah. No, not at all. Especially because you're changing format in this one. Sorry, Roxy, it is not your turn to talk. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and just every single party, every game, if he came second or worst, you know, it was crying. Ah, no. Everyone would be like, someone had to win. (laughs) That's the way games work. (laughs) Are you sure this man still doesn't cry at parties? (laughs) Maybe. He's probably one of those like MAGA trolls now. Um, <laughs> the the party scene as well that led to some of the episodes' great wackiness as well. Like I love the math, the magician. Yeah. Yes, that, of course. I'll make this remainder disappear. <laughs> this is a magic seven. Yeah, <laughs> and even there's a really good visual joke I like where Bart runs into uh, Mrs. Krabappel and is like, "Wait, it's Saturday. Your powers are useless here." And like, oh, I'm just trying to have fun. They kind of just stand there. And he's like, and just walks away. Yeah, but then just they both just stand. <laughs> I love that. I've always wanted to do that. Like when I'm in an awkward situation, like I, have I to would turn rather my chair like, this way now. <laughs> yeah, I just, just be like, excuse me, and stand by myself because that is preferable than being in your company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my move is the fake phone call these days. It's always embarrassing when I actually do get a phone call mid-taking the fake phone call. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, you have to have either your phone on silent or, you know, have someone hiding nearby who can actually call you. What? Something important came up and I have to leave immediately? Uh, What? Who (laughs) would have thunk? The president needs surgery? All right, I'll get right on that. (laughs) Hello, Mr. Nixon. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and the party as well, like the whole serving oysters instead of cake. That is... Mm -hmm. ah. So good. Everything about this party is perfectly shit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> there's like there's still a jumping castle and pony, but oh, yeah, the elements are there. It's so it's their Martin. arrangements that's wrong. It's so Martin. Like yeah. his parents have like so much money and sophistication. The uh, ice sculpture in his mold yeah. and yeah. <laughs> and what about that? What kind of little boy has a tea set? <laughs> I think we know the answer to that. A lucky boy. <laughs> but even before that, I really liked Skinner and Krabappel's banter at this one, where they're just both kind of revealed as being kind of lonely people, where Skinner's like, oh, you know, it's my different from my usual Saturday routine of carefully folding out all my outfits the rest of the week. Yep. Go to the car wash, see if Gus is there. <laughs> and I really like Krabappel's Oh, yeah, misdirect. you got to keep busy. Yeah, yeah. misdirective. Oh, I collect matchbooks from glamorous nightclubs. They'll usually send you one if you write and ask nicely. Yeah, and... Because you'd expect Krabappel would be the type to go out clubbing. But I love as well when he's like, is this what you imagined July? Yes, but I was a very depressed child. (laughs) Oh, It's actually kind of wonderful that they find each other and you sort of see them, you know, get a bit of love in their life as well. It's beautiful, man. It really is. Like, these two absolutely at this time deserved each other and... Yeah, kind of wonderful to watch it blossom. Mm -hmm. So speaking of which, how about the heart of this episode? Where were the burr bumps? Uh, It was on the sleeve, I believe. I think it was so beautiful to see them both find each other in in this crazy mixed up world. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's sort of that thing where extenuating circumstances would keep them from being together, but they wouldn't have found each other any other way. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I think as well, like poor Edna, I feel like she's had such a rough go with her love life. Like she Mm. definitely has had a few duds, and I think it's nice that she finally ends up with a nice man. Yep. We've always heard horror stories about her ex-husband. Mm. Yeah. Um, sugar in the gas tank, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's right, because other than the ex-husband, we just get a series of, like, one-shots, people who had their yep. one-shot with Edna Krabappel. You yeah. only get one chance with Edna Krabappel. <laughs> <laughs> so, sideshow Bob, the sushi guy, <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah, this episode is absolutely dripping with the heart, and you really do feel for these two people. Yeah, and that ending really, you know, drives it home, because... 
you kind of understand, oh, yeah, of course you can't, you know, be involved with your co-worker. But at the end, they're like, what's really so long wrong about this? We work together, but we're dedicated educators. And we're just dedicated educators. I know. Write that one down. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. That's fine. Surely we can express our love for each other outside of school and things like that. And they're like, no, no, no. It's all about S-E-X in front of the C-H-I-L-D-R-E-N. <laughs> Sex, Cauldron. I thought they closed that place down. See, like I'm talking about, this is the base of a lot of Simpsons shit oh, yeah. posting. <laughs> oh, that's such an excellent moment. But uh, it's a great speech, and then it leads to the uh, revelation on Principal Skinner. But that's really secondary. That's how you get out of things comedically. How they get out of it emotionally is that whole big moment of barricading themselves in the school and the uh, romantic siege that follows. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of cartoon wacky, I feel like yeah. that's my cartoon wacky bit is like the whole bomb threat. Yeah. I don't even know. That whole thing was so funny. An octopus threat, in fact. An Aye. escaped octopus. Aye, and we, we've talked before about Simpsons ruining your brain. The number of times I've internally thought, Willie hears you, Willie don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the I thing just... I love about Bart, because he does it twice in this episode, you know, how to get a crowd happening. Yeah. And yeah. Does it with Kent with the escaped octopus. When they cut to Kent doing the news broadcast, he goes, well, it appears I've been had again. So <laughs> Implying good. that Bart's probably done this to Kent Brockman he, before. Yes, I just love Kent Brockman in this episode. All the townspeople, mm. I think, really come together and just shine in this episode, I've got to say. Yeah. Well, which one in particular? The guy in the bumblebee suit or the guy with a bone through his head? <sighs> My opinions are as valid as the next man's. <laughs> I love it as well when Mel yells out. <laughs> public Sexual Congress. <laughs> Sorted Public Sexual Congress. Even. Sorted. Yeah, I was about to say, it sounds a little short. Yeah. Could <laughs> be something else there. I also love Wiggum in this episode. <laughs> yeah. um, even when it goes to their house, yeah. Wiggum's like, Sarah, get me Superintendent Chalmers on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and she starts the number. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. It's so <laughs> Such cute. Such a great misdirect. Yeah. So endearing. And so, yeah, last time in Duffless, we were talking about that was the first on-screen appearance of Sarah. Mm-hmm. This is the first time she was named. Uh-huh. And, yeah, uh, so appropriately for this joke. Even though she doesn't have any lines, I think it's just perfect. <laughs> like, just that's so their life. Like, he just would say things that are still nice. Yeah, with yeah. an authoritarian <laughs> tone. And she's yeah. kind of backs up. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> So ultimately, though, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Absolutely. I mean, as you were just saying, even the secondary characters that come in and get one line, it is so very much in their vein and in their character. So yeah, everyone is absolutely on point. And even though we're going to completely new romantic places. Well, yeah, that's it. And that was totally within the character's integrity mm. that they do this. And I mean, like we were just saying at the party when they first sort of started talking, this hookup totally makes sense because mm-hmm. even Bart as well like yeah it gets explained why he would help them out and I do really love that scene it's like you know some people might use this to blackmail us like me like you Bart if life has taught me one thing repeatedly it's to know when I'm beaten yep. let's talk deal yeah and still doing it in that Skinner uh, authoritarian tone yeah it's not please 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 don't tell it's like, let's make a deal mm-hmm. yeah definitely and yeah this question all Definitely slip as the evening goes along because we are actually going to see the Skinnerization or the Flanderization of Skinner happen over the course of these three episodes. Yes, I still prefer Skinnerization, but yes. <laughs> I think it's a better example of what goes on. Mm. But yes or no, would you watch this one again? Yep. Yes, please. Totally. We're going to watch it again. We're going to put it in a playlist. What playlist does this belong in? Let's just watch it again now. <laughs> the Let's Just Watch It Again Now playlist. <laughs> uh, mentions of Armour Hot Dogs. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so great! What kind of man wears armor hot dogs? 
Yeah, I can't. I did not plan for this. Uh, and yeah, of course, last time you were on the podcast, Maddie, yeah. <laughs> armor hot dogs were mentioned. So maybe they just mentioned in every episode, but we just don't notice wow. it. Wow, it's, like, it's like Superman in Seinfeld. Yeah, yes. <laughs> There's always a reference to mm-hmm. armor hot dogs. You just somewhere look at you just you just got to look for it. Yeah, <laughs> little hidden Easter egg. Of course, Armin Tanzarian backwards is armor hot dogs. Jaw. <laughs> With a Z. <laughs> Gotta start thinking that QAnon thought, man. Yeah. <laughs> so other playlists, yeah, school stuff. <laughs> Shit at the school. You know what? I actually really like Martin and Nelson in this episode. Yeah. So I'd be tempted to do maybe you like- are Nelson. <laughs> Here you are, Nelson. <laughs> Here you are, <laughs> Nelson. I was gonna get her to stop doing it. It looks like I'm making her uncomfortable. <laughs> I said <laughs> See? <laughs> no, but that scene is so cute. And Nelson has two great ha ha's in this episode as well. Yeah. And there's the oh, thing. He God. went anyway. Yeah, yeah. He was at Martin, Martin's birthday. Yes, I love that he still was there. I love that everyone got food poisoning from the oysters. Mm. And I love as well that he was at the end when Skinner announces the virgin thing. <laughs> and everyone's yeah. just stunned face and he's just. <laughs> I would just like to say now that I feel like the gravity of Seymour admitting that he was a virgin for years when I watched this episode as a kid, I didn't really understand it. I was like, okay. Yeah. Like I didn't understand it. I was like, okay, like virgin's a thing. I don't understand. But yes, I feel like now watching it again as an adult, I'm like, ah, oh, mm. yeah. God. Yeah. Especially Chalmers follow up line of no one. And I mean, no one anywhere would lie about being a 44-year-old virgin. (laughs) Yeah, it's such an excellent twist because you totally buy that in Skinner's character. Yes, it's so... mm. Yeah, and then in the revelation at the end that that's probably not the case. But I did think in the scene, you know, just speculating, is Skinner Mm. really a virgin? Mm. Yeah, because I've always wondered that whole, um, that's what I love about elementary school, they'll believe anything you tell them. Did he mean the virgin line or did he mean the line we told Bart they weren't going to see each other anymore? Well, Because when I was a kid, Mm. I thought he meant the virgin line, but now that I'm older, I think he means uh, just specifically to Bart. Well, in the bit when they're on the date at Edna's house... Mm They're eating their dessert of applesauce. Want you to swallow that applesauce and kiss me. I'm afraid I already swallowed it while you were talking. Yeah. <laughs> she weirdly has a Charlie Brown candle. Yeah. That what was, was that? That's it's so romantic. <laughs> and then when they're making it out. It smells like peanuts. Oh. <laughs> Nailed it. When the candle, you know, they're yeah. kissing and then the candle's like almost burnt out. So yep. I'm like, oh. Yeah. It's a fucking then, long make out session. And then the next uh, scene, Skinner's all laid back. Like, <laughs> yeah, I assume his deaf's getting some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so definitely the getting some playlist as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love like their day after coolness as well. Genie, yeah. genie, Fofini. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, in order to survive a fire, oh, life's too short for this. Let's go pick wildflowers. <laughs> and all the kids, like, yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, any other playlists? Excellent one liners from the cafeteria. <laughs> oh, <that was> <laughs> they, they see Bart about to tell everyone Skinny goes good gravy like, oh thank you it's just brown and water <laughs> I use this quote all the fucking time <laughs> like it is so funny to me the, uh, it's brown and water what an excellent <laughs> joke <laughs> I will never in my lifetime write a joke that good yeah it's beautiful well cause it's like the same as when you get shitty instant coffee or something you know mm, tastes like brown and water yeah. <laughs> like 
I've often joked that International Roast and Gravox are actually the same thing. It's just brand perception that makes you think you're drinking coffee, not gravy. The mind is a powerful thing and tricks you into believing things are coffee, yeah. <laughs> so, BT, would you like to change anything about this episode? Ooh, I hadn't thought of this one. Um, I do feel on this critical watch, they start throwing around the love word very quickly. Yeah, that's is true. maybe my only complaint, because this is like the next day when Skinner's like, well, here's to forbidden love. It's like, well, that's that's quick, dude. But uh, Yeah. I guess we've only got a half hour and that's where we're going to move. But, you know, just maybe crop that word. I don't know. Let yeah. it develop. Let it flourish. You know, he's just sharing his feelings. Let him be. Stop hating. <laughs> Five minutes ago, you were yeah. like, oh, look at Skinner go. He's a romance wizard. I'm yeah. so proud yeah. of him you sharing his feelings. Get one shot with Edna Kay. You don't want to screw <laughs> it up by scaring her off. That's true. Well, uh, I mean, it clearly worked. Oh, it worked, yeah. <laughs> Can't argue with the results. Yeah. But, um, like even that's a tiny little footnote on a otherwise spectacular script. So not really. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. How about you, Maddie? Is there anything you'd like to change? No, I really like this episode. I'm really happy with it. Really content. Yeah. I would just, you know, maybe like to make it longer. <laughs> Love all the townspeople in this episode. In that, yeah. that whole, like, on the roof scene. It's just so good. Well, that's yeah. the thing, because this is all a story, and we even have the short introductions, so they yeah. put in as much time as they could. We didn't even talk about when Homer gets a megaphone when they're doing the <laughs> interrogation. <laughs> Bart, this is your father. <laughs> Do you know... Where the remote is? Did I, you check your pocket? It was it. It was in my pocket. And Marge just glaring at him during that scene as well. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you're wasting time with this. And then, oh, great, you're giving me tinnitus by blaring the megaphone in my ear. So I love good. this joke so much because so often the TV oh, yeah. remote ends up in my fucking pocket. So good. <laughs> yeah, again, another damn quotable line that's like just so malleable and mm. usable outside of The Simpsons. Yeah, anytime I've lost something in my brain, it's just, did yeah. you check your pocket? Through that same yelling. Yeah, and- <laughs> yeah. So true. Yeah, I just feel like there's so many quotes that I didn't even realize were mm. from here. Mm. No, totally. And oh, and especially talking about Homer, the way he goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. Her name is Krabappel? Oh my God! I've been calling her Crandall. Why yeah. didn't anyone tell me? Oh, I've been making an idiot out of He is so embarrassed. Yeah. It's so it's good as well. It's so weird. Like, Crandall? Yeah. What? There's something I would change because Homer's reading the newspaper when he first hears the word Crandall and he keeps reading. I want him to yeah. have the expression then, like, no. No. Yeah. Have that instant mm. reaction rather than the delay. There now, we go. I have to say, the only thing I thought was weird about that is that Lisa's like, what's Bart's teacher's name again? Yeah, like I she doesn't Lisa, know all the Lisa teachers. Lisa probably would know. There's like six teachers in that school mm. and three nameable ones. So Yeah, I sort of get that. But also like... Great setup. Mm-hmm. Joke. Yep. Yeah. Well, also, it's funny because it's also coming off the back of all these kids reciting the story and in wildly inaccurate detail. And like Lisa's the only one that's like, I wasn't there at the time, but <laughs> I was in the library. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I like that detail that she'd heard. Um, sorry, what I'd like to change about the episode. Um, <gasps> You'd like to change the episode? Uh, like I was saying before, I think Skinner and Krabappel went too far, but that was the point. Like, I don't know what other thing you could put there to make Bart want to reveal the relationship. Mm. Yeah. So, anyway, let's go back to talking about the episode. So that scene where the kids are all telling their parents. <laughs> yep, what were some of your favourites from that scene? Oh, I don't know. Ralph? Yay! <laughs> Is that maybe what you wanted to talk about? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> 
Principal Skinner and Edna Krabappel were making babies and they, one of the babies looked at him. <laughs> <laughs> Baby looked at you? <laughs> like, and I love how Wiggum repeats this sort of uh, later at the, yeah, the standoff. Yeah, making babies. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, you can see where Ralph's understanding of this whole thing comes from. Uh, actually, I do actually really like Millhouse's of... We walked in, there was teacher and Principal Skinner, and they were kissing and swearing. Yeah. And swearing. <laughs> 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 just to give you an idea, this is going to be an elevation of just kids slightly exaggerating what was going on. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, for anyone asking out there, <clears throat> hold on, need some water. Yep, okay, it's going to be tough, it's long, so, you know. Mrs. Krabappel and Principal Skinner were in the closet making babies, and I saw one of the babies, and the baby looked at me. Nicely done. That's a tough <laughs> one to land, the whole thing. <laughs> Bit of James Earl Ralph for everyone at home. Yeah, because, I mean, what were the other Ralph quotes that I was going to do from this episode? Just crying. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Roxy. James Earl Jones can't cry. <laughs> oh, he can. Ah, he, he, cri- he cries for Simba. Oh, I'm being harassed by the dog right now. <laughs> he wants to make sure you're okay. She heard you saw someone making babies and a baby looked at you. <laughs> So, no guest stars of the episode. Any musical moments that stood out to you guys? Uh, what do they dance to? What was the song? Oh, Embrace yeah. me. Do I feel so like they cute. still had that left over from where they've used that before? What they used oh my god, didn't they use it in? It wasn't um, Mrs. Bouvier? No, it was it's a B. Uh, B. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Mm. Embraceable you playlist. Just, just classic <laughs> romance songs. So, is that two? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Sometimes there are only two. Episodes. Two's a playlist. Like, I'm pretty sure there's only two Harm at Hot Dogs references. But, I mean, if this conspiracy does pan out, there may be more. There may be all of them. But, yeah, I love the way this scene unfolds with the way that they th- we're going to try and get them out with by blaring music. Yeah. And, of course, they blare Embraceable You. Yeah, because these are all actual and siege tactics. So. Yeah. You know, cutting the power and then hitting them with spotlights. And and so when they blare that spotlight in as well, and it, of course, drops through the colander and it makes it look all the more special. Like, that is a beautiful scene. What about um, Wiggum's interrogation tactic? Mm. His, uh, what, reverse his reverse psychology. psychology yeah. Fine. Stay in there. We don't want you to come out. Fine by us. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and he's reading it straight from the book, Police Psychology. Yeah. So good. Fantastic. BT, do you have any other notes? Oh, indeed I do. Starts off at the very beginning with Skeemor uh, Skinner. <laughs> it starts off at the very beginning with Principal Skinner making announcements, and he's got a great one for the bake sale for the car wash has been cancelled due to confusion. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. What a great way to open the episode. Absolutely. It's sort of actually interesting that they start the episode with Krabappel having a bit of disdain yeah, for Skinner. Yeah, it's interesting, and yet they find out they're not so different, her and he. But yeah, I like how she wakes the children up with just, yeah, a little sheet of firecrackers, yeah. Yep, I really like how Principal Schemel... God fucking fuck! Principal Schemel. <laughs> Prince. Hi, you said the wrong thing! Yep. Um, <laughs> how Principal Skinner's... Yeah. Our principal Skinner's note to Krabappel says, I want to see more of you, but then in brackets says, see more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just in case she didn't get it. I uh, hear reading. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. Yep. I really love the line, okay, everyone, set your faces to stunned. I didn't get that joke as a kid. That's yeah. very good. Yeah, it's a bit of Star Trek. I'm going to do what Bart should have told me to do a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, so he's still being a little bit of a pushover. Uh, even that whole moments. bit was like, you do what your mother told you, what the army told you, now do what you want to do. He's like, I'm going to do what Bart told me to do. Let's go. Okay, okay, Edna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he folds faster than Superman on laundry day. Really? <laughs> 
Actually, yeah, that's interesting because one of the other podcasts we had you on, Maddie, yeah, the PTA disbands where Krabappel and Skinner couldn't be more at odds. Yes. Very interesting progression. We'll add it to the Krabappel Skinner playlist. Yeah. That's the way magnetism works, man. Sometimes it's a pose, sometimes it's a tracks. And how about you, Maddie? When all the kids get sick from the oysters at the party and Lisa's on a stretcher and Bart goes, how come you got sick? I thought you were a vegetarian. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't. I just wanted to leave. That was so smart of Lisa. Amazing. I I love it as well because we don't get to see Lisa like pull shit like this often. She's always very honest and upright. She's like, nah, even this dork is too much for (laughs) me. That's how you know it's a bad party. Yeah. Yeah. When Lisa is bailing. Yeah. Hey, the mathematician was screwing up the math. (laughs) She wouldn't stand for that. It's a magic seven. And also when they go to the movies on the sign, it just says movie with air conditioning. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes that's all you need. Honestly, I did that once. I was having my car serviced and it wasn't going to be a very long thing. Mm. So I'm like, I don't even have time to see a full movie. But it was so hot that day. I'm like, fuck it. One ticket for the second new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've done that before. I had like time to kill between Mm -hmm. a flight. Um, I was a bit hungover. (laughs) And so we just went to the movies and slept there. Yep. (laughs) I took a nap in Shakespeare in Love once. (laughs) Sometimes you got to do what you got to do to stay cool. (laughs) And hidden while napping. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Australian summers can be brutal. Go to event cinemas. <laughs> it's a $20 map, but it's worth it. Uh, yeah. Sponsored by event cinemas. Yeah. So that's going to be like a new event cinemas thing. It'll be like, hey, you want a nap in peace? You want to make out? A quiet, dark room that's also cold. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be just random sound effects. They'll just play sounds. All right. It's time for my final notes. I like that Bart and Milhouse are very aware of their social standing. What? We're at a three? Three and a half. <laughs> we get beat up, but they tell us why. <laughs> I uh, like how Skinner and Krabappel gave him a really shitty excuse. What was the excuse as well? Well, see, a young boy's imagination can sometimes run away from him and see things he didn't really <laughs> see. Really? You couldn't say you were rehearsing a play or giving a mouth-to-mouth? Yeah. Oh, is it too late to use any of those options? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, man, this episode has got so many mm. funny ways of playing out the situation where the characters are both dumb and self-aware at the same yeah. time. It's so good. Yeah. The balance is beautiful. I love Krabappel's line as well. Usually it's just super wine, salad for one, wine for three. <laughs> yes, Krabappel, my girl. Yeah, uh, it tells you all you, everything about the character in one line. My final note as well, when they do get caught and they're just like in absolute shock and then just Mrs. Krabappel just slightly pulls down her skirt. They just slide back up. Goes to the exact same position. Like, yeah. It just also just tells you how like caught they are and how yeah. like futile anything from a- now any on is. Any attempt at yeah. hiding, you know. Yes, and then Seymour just goes, ah, uh, ah, uh, school dismissed. <laughs> uh, good move, Seymour. It is time to rank this thing. On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. But maybe if the episode was just meh, you give it a participant, but for the good rankings, you got good bronze, great silver, excellent gold, but for the best of the very, very best, the ones which you'd engage in a romantic... But you would the- get locked into a siege just to watch. Sure. <laughs> You'd call your favorite news anchor man <laughs> That's down right. to the scene. And to have a look at these episodes, yes, you'd call those episodes Cubic Zirconia. Now, let me go first. Let me show you how it's done. 
I'm giving this one a cubic zirconia. I think this is an essential episode because it does build the Skinner Krabappel romance, but it doesn't do it in a way that feels cheesy or tacky or like The Simpsons had run out of ideas at this point. Yeah, like, it doesn't feel like shark jumping or no, shipping or anything like that. No, it absolutely made sense, and I think they did it in an absolutely wonderful way. I couldn't give this any less, to be honest. Maddie. What would you like to rank it? You know what? I'm actually going to give it a gold today. Oh. I know. Like, I really love this episode. I really enjoy it. Lots of good quotes. But I'm just like not like, oh, that was the funniest, best episode of The Simpsons ever. Like, oh. I feel like it was one of those really good ones that I kind of forgot existed. All right. Yeah. Good call. Uh, how about you, BT? I'm on the border, but I feel like I'm going to fall on the gold side of things. It's really, really great, but I just can't quite push it into that perfect territory. One of those ones where there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just I, uh, it's just shy of that cubic zirconia for me. Or maybe I'm just self-aware that I've been a bit too nice lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's usually been me golding your cubics. Yeah. Or however the saying goes. <laughs> I'll cubic your gold. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that'll average out into being a shiny gold all around. That feels good. Mm. This will be joining other episodes from season eight, The Homer They Fall, with Homer getting into boxing. <laughs> also, The Secret War of Lisa Simpson, where Sim- uh, Simpson, where Bart and Lisa go to the military camp. Yep. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, and other such episodes as Treehouse of Horror 9, which I'm pretty sure we did with you in the Maya Wayne Treehouse of Horror, Maddie. You! Yeah, and EIEI Doll, the Tamako episode, mm-hmm. Team Homer, the Pin Pals, and also Two Cars in Every Garage and Three Hours in Every Fish, which is... A weird episode with Mr. Burns running for governor or mayor mm-hmm. or something and... Blinky. Blinky, yeah. yeah. One of these episodes that like feels dated, but it's like political commentary is so goddamn timeless. Well, it's because those clowns in Congress did it again. What a bunch of clowns. Indeed. Now, this feels very much on par with Homer They Fall, I feel. It's, yeah. It's, it's very well built and nothing nothing bad to say about it, just not quite that shiny perfection. Yeah, I, th- I think season eight might be... The shiny gold. Yeah, still fantastic television, but it's not it's at its peak. I mean, I think it's hard to be a cubic when, like, it's not essentially the family. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think that's probably why it fell in gold as opposed to... Oh, that's fair enough. All right, guys. Well, now we're going into the next episode in this saga of Seymour and Krabuffle. This is going to be the episode where they get engaged. Uh-huh. We are going to season 14 special, Edna. We will be back. I remember liking this one. Let's see how we go. And we are back, and we just watched Season 14, Episode 7, Special Edna. This was first released in January of Ort 3. It was directed by Bob Anderson and written by Dennis Snee. This is his only Simpsons writing credit, but... Again, with the only Simpsons writing credit. But, I mean, he's otherwise a very prolific writer. He wrote for, like, Family Matters and um, uh, something else. But, yeah. <laughs> something <laughs> One else. One of those ones where you're like, Dennis Snee, what kind of a name is that? I bet he doesn't... Oh, God, he's got, like, four IMDb pages. Isn't he that guy from uh, Peter Pan? <laughs> That's me. Ah, right. <laughs> Played by Glenn Close. Close, but no. But no Glenn. <laughs> there we go. In this episode, Edna Krabappel is feeling bad by being dogged by Seymour for so many times. He keeps, like, making excuses to go do stuff with his mother, so... But sort of feeling pity on her, nominates her for Teacher of the Year, and she gets a successful nomination, and they take a trip to the Epcot Center for the big award ceremony where Skinner proposes to Edna. Guys, what did you think? Well, that's not bad. It's had some fun here. It wasn't terrible, but it was, mm. yeah. 
it had its moments. Yeah. For good and bad. Yeah. It certainly did. <laughs> so let's get into some of those. How about you, Maddie? For better or worse, what's a moment from this episode that stands out to you? I really like when they're like the whole like Disneyland kind of thing and the whole Epcot thing. And I love all like the different ra- quote unquote air quote. Rides. <laughs> rides. Yeah. Educational rides. Yeah. I love all those. They're pretty funny. So I think that's probably a good moment. And I think the worst moment for me is just like what a pushover Skinner is in this. Like mm. it's, yeah, the bastardization of the characters. <laughs> yeah. We, we take that defiant uh, romantic man from the previous episode yeah. and we get traces of it here, but we lose a lot. In it, so. Yeah. Yeah. This is very much the Seymour Skinner of the teens era, very much pushed over by his mother at every turn. They mm. just take too far. It's like, mm. it's past the point of funny. Yeah, and I think that's sort of what's letting this episode down because it sort of becomes about too many things to do with Krabappel and Skinner, I find, where it's like, it's also about his mother. It's also about she might leave after getting this award. It's also Mm. about his shitty feelings and, yeah. Stupid, stupid feelings. To quote Agnes, your feelings are ugly and wrong. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a shame because, yeah, I, I agree. Like, the Agnes and Skinner stuff tend to let this episode down. Mm. Well, yeah, the thing I want to talk about most is that Agnes in this episode, because we did kind of mention last time she was a little bit absent. Yeah. And this was obviously a problem they were going to run into. And here we get here them having that problem. But, yeah, it just goes a little too far with it, with its boiling down of the character to his base joke element, which is, ah, he's a weird mommy's boy. And while you get some, you know kind of good jokes out of it like when at the very end when they get engaged she's like oh great three in a bed you're like a huh be like way yeah <laughs> now i'm thinking about the mechanics of their actual relationship that gets weird no that's it and i think that's the thing you don't even really get any reprieve from it like even when he sort of proposes to edna and it's like in defiance of his mother it doesn't really feel like much yeah. yeah. To be fair, I think it starts off pretty well. I like it at the beginning. We're like, ready for a romantic apple picking weekend? And he's like, oh, well, unfortunately, mother needs me to go massage her neck, but I've got these store-bought apples for you. It's yeah. like, the apples weren't, weren't the point. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the pager complaint, fridge too loud. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was my favorite one as well. Yeah. Yeah, but also I didn't like the way that Skinner was like, oh, i got to pee on this fire and like... That's the thing that sticks out to me about this episode for worse, that Skinner keeps making it about him. Mm. And that doesn't really feel like something he'd do. He seems really fucking unempathetic towards Krabappel, and that doesn't really make sense to me. Well, yeah, and it's also the sense that he knows there's a risk for of her becoming like famous or winning Teacher of the Year. Like you said, when it gets announced, he makes that, oh, I better pee on this fire comment. Yeah. But then does nothing until she's actually in, like, why doesn't he already go with her? I don't know why he didn't go with her yeah. at the beginning. That didn't make any sense. Yeah. He's a partner. He's mm-hmm. her principal. Yep. Like. Totally makes sense. And if they'd had a bit where she was talking about how excited she was and he was like, oh, I couldn't possibly leave the school, then at least he yeah. has some kind of, it's his dedication to being a principal versus his dedication to his romantic life that would be also be going on as opposed to just, oh, it's all about mother. Like the Simpsons family got to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and the principal he didn't. didn't. What? Yeah, Homer didn't really want to go. <laughs> Homer was pretty explicit that he thought Epcot was the worst part about this trip. That's so good. <laughs> I don't mind Epcot. 
I liked it. So you've been the, I in Florida? Epcot. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. But is it as good as Magic Kingdom? I didn't like it that much. Uh, no, like it's what I liked it. Like I think we did it wrong. I think we should have done Epcot first and like led up to Magic Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. Because it is just fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, it's not magic. I hated that fucking Eric Idle and the purple dragon thing. That was fucking stupid. We yeah, were too old for that. that we were also bored and not drunk yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. When we got drunk, though. <laughs> uh, but the Chrysler ride, that's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. That thing's cool. The car where you design your own car. Did you do that one, Maddie? No, yeah, yeah, she's thinking of the electric car. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I that can't is... go very fast or very far. And if you drive me, people will think you're gay. One <laughs> of us. One of us. I use that quote all the time for some reason. I don't know why. That one just always comes to mind when yeah. people like talk about cars or yeah. whatever. <laughs> I can't go very fast or very far. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my Prius does me all right. <laughs> <laughs> Do people think you're gay? I wouldn't have a problem with it if it did. And, you know, like, that should be a sticking point about this joke, and maybe it is, you know, I'm not a member of the LGBTI community, I wouldn't be able to tell you, but I think because they do take it to the ridiculous level of the animatronic robots. I think it's because it's the idea of Big Oil saying that joke, not The Simpsons. So Big Oil is saying, oh, what are you, gay, bro? Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, No, I love how it's like the electric car of the future, (laughs) sponsored by Gas Corporations of America. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So good. So you've got that filter of it not being from the show's perspective itself. They do have a bunch of other questionable uh, jokes around LGBTQI plus whatever the the fucking acronym is now. Yep. Um, You remember it with the alphabet song. LGBTIQA. That does not help at all. <laughs> it that, that it mel- ends on A. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help me at all. And I'm back where I started. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked all the stuff with Eastern Airlines sponsored, though. And yeah. like. They very quickly ran to world domination. Yeah. <laughs> and forget the Cola Wars, the winner, Eastern Airlines Cola. <laughs> So a fan of the show, Dan Dennis, as well, hit us up yeah. on Facebook this week and Sup let us know. That, hey, how you going? He actually used to work at the Epcot Center, and he said this episode actually holds a special place in his heart because <laughs> of how damn accurate it is. <laughs> so here we go. Yeah, it's like when you hear from doctors that Scrubs is accurate. It's like one of those weird things. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, comedy really gets close to the truth sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what makes it so funny, I think. like yeah. Sometimes some of the best comedy is like, the most realistic. Hello, yeah. Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what this episode did a lot. Like, some of those shitty animatronic educational rides that you do get at Epcot, yeah, mm-hmm. were exactly like this. Um, yep. Yeah, i got to say, much like the air-conditioned movie last time, I think the only reason we did that World of Tomorrow ride was to be on a cart with some air conditioning. Yeah. Because <laughs> we'd been walking around the world getting drunk all day. We're busy so just good. going, I'm tired. Yeah. Drunk. Uh, that's so good as well, because mine's just like, oh, it's cool in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did you do that as well at Epcot, where you they've got that big circular walk and you're like going through different like country different things. countries it's so fun what's not yeah. to love about that you got a pretzel it's yep. like a, just a big day of eating you know you mm-hmm. get your turkey leg you get your pretzel you get your other yeah. food yep. other cultural food <laughs> speaking of other cultural food i love when marge is reading the menu in <laughs> italy land whatever it is venice and she's yeah. like la pizza La hamburger. And then what's the other one? Senior grilled cheese. (laughs) I hope I don't order an elephant. (laughs) It's It's, so much. Yeah, it's a very mum thing to say. 
Yeah, I, I actually didn't click that. Yeah, that's what they were doing. They were doing their eating and drinking around the world there, but yeah, hey. they only had one stop. But except where they go back to the credits at the end and Homer does his What Did I Think of the Pie song. Yeah, which I think would only work as a credits joke. I think if you put it in the episode, it'd be like, yeah. Yeah. But see, I feel like mm. that's a kind of joke in the HD era mm. where they don't leave to the end. They just put it in anyway, even yeah. though it makes no yeah. sense and totally derails. But even that, I did a quick little laugh of, you know, Homer walking off singing a song and much like, I'm on vacation. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. See, I liked it. The yeah. end credits. Oh, yeah. But I'm saying like in the H, that's the difference uh, between yeah, yeah, like yeah. your teens versus is your HD. Yeah. Um, I mean, I recognise this song as being stupid and yeah, if, I think if it was in a HD, it'd probably irk me a lot more. But, uh, man, I just find it too charming. What did I think of the pie? What did I think? It gets in my head. Yeah. I can't help it. I can't objectively tell you whether it's a good song or not. It just gets in my head. It's fun. It's <laughs> catchy. It doesn't hurt yeah. anyone. Someone just went, yeah. we need just eight bars it. of incredible jolliness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, play count. How many times before tonight have you seen this episode? Uh, half a dozen. Yeah? Some. Some dozen? Not a some. Again, with the words in my mouth. Get them out. <laughs> a baker's dozen. <laughs> Both of you now. Just some. I've seen this episode a fair bit. I have a fondness for season 14. And this is one that I found myself returning to a bunch. Like, Even though it sort of starts out a lot better than it ends. But yeah. we'll get into more of that in a moment. So how about the wackiness of this episode? Hey, Bart, you want to take a joyride in my cousin's stolen Black Hawk helicopter? Uh, <laughs> He's probably going to get court-martialed for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb, but I love this joke. Although, I think this was on the other side of the bad gay joke thing where they take the helicopter to Kissing Point and make dudes kiss. I don't know. Oh, see, I like that. I yeah. thought it was so funny because they're all crying while they're yeah. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess it is a bit sexual harassment-y. <laughs> that's why it's a prank <laughs> it's fine because somehow all these boys think that the girlfriend's father with one voice is in this helicopter <laughs> can't you tell the difference between my voice and a 10 year old kid so my theory is that guy's fathered some children uh, quite a few <laughs> been setting up franchises all around town all the teenage daughters of Springfield yeah, yeah. in fact that's what it is he had like a, a whole like nest of children because that's what people and, have. Yeah. <laughs> a litter. <laughs> he had a litter of girls. Bay or neuter your kids, everybody. <laughs> and now they're all on dates at the same time, but with different boys. That's it. And that's why it's funny. <laughs> and just before then, when Bart's trying to study, he's like, ooh, algebra. Maybe just a few equations. <laughs> I do Nope, nope got to focus. Oh, and uh, yeah, wackiness and Bart avoiding this assignment. Mm. He's at the library. <laughs> Why did I pay for 100 Xeroxes when I only needed one? Oh, well. <laughs> Someone else will have to use the, the 99. Yeah. Lord, give me a sign. His pants just fall down. Yeah. Uh, so the very beginning is Edna's giving out an assignment. And then for some reason, Millhouse is like, oh, can I do a dance instead? And she just sprays him with the uh, fire extinguisher. Oh, my just God. Like, that was so weird. He's yeah. doing the running man. This is such a Teens Era Simpsons joke where... They're just sort of doing... Like when he says, what's up, in other episodes. Well, yeah. so at least that is meant to be he's supposed to be outdated in what he Dog, thinks is yeah. funny. But yeah. I mean, I can understand him doing the running man. Like, I do a dance instead of a report, but then why does she spray him with a, with a so ex fire extinguisher? And then the fact that, like, Martin just gets thrown out the window. And I can't like, like that. Like, he's gone now. I fucking love this, yeah. Uh, and I think it's good Martin and Nelson again in this episode, yeah. actually. I think you mean Team Discovery Channel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic Martin and Nelson. I held your hair in the stimulator. <laughs> Shut your mouth, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, that it escalates so quickly to him having yeah black eye and underwear around his head, and then the next scene just he's just gone. Yeah, underwear floating down in that like leaf. <laughs> back also, and forth. I really empathise with all the teachers, with all the kids being like, "Can we make it a report on this? Can we do yeah. this instead?" Mm-hmm. No, this is the fucking assignment. This, do it. This is the format you're following. Jesus, it's like oh, I just always remember that whenever like some some wise ass kids, can I do? A PowerPoint presentation instead. No. You show me me where it says you can do that and you can do it. The assignment is to write an essay. Do that. (laughs) Jesus. I was going to say the wacky bit that I didn't like as well was grandpa when he like talks about his experience of world war one and he's yeah. like i had to lie about my age and then it does a flashback and he's like a toddler in yeah. world war one that's pretty good i really like this bit no me too <laughs> i agree it's fucking ridiculous like it's like, ah. sergeant simpson you've been up for hours go take a nap but i'm not tired <laughs> <laughs> and then how it cuts back again and then repeats the joke all right i've got all i need good night grandpa but I'm not tired. <laughs> Do you need to go to the bathroom? Always. I liked the full circle of life of that. But yeah, I was just like, <laughs> this is too ridiculous. It's the circle of life. <laughs> that's so- that was the wrong melody. I'm sorry. I'm not very good at singing. No, that's okay. We won't get sued that way. <laughs> Damn my musicianship and having to sing the right melody all the time. Damn your natural showmanship. <laughs> Your Honor, he had perfect pitch. He knew exactly what he was singing. Literally, give me any song. I can butcher it past point of recognition for that you. That sounds delightful. The winner takes it all. <laughs> the winner takes it all. Yay. Is that it? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know any words other than that. So. Another wacky thing and jumping to the guest star of the episode, Little Richard played himself. Really now, like this is around where I thought the episode was also coming off the hinges a bit. Yeah. I mean, it was fine and there were some good jokes around him, but it did feel like, we've got little Richard, what can yeah. we do? Yeah, I mean, I do really like the joke where Homer's like, Purple Rain! <laughs> shut up! Michael Jackson told me to shut up. That good old three layers of wrong. Yeah. yeah. I love that um, little Richard is presenting this award, like, full stop. That's just amazing. Yeah. Like, what? And then as well, it shows the crowd and there's like, 14 people there, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, because in the establishing shot, there was a sign gag yeah. saying, yeah, teacher awards tonight. There are so many available seats. <laughs> so good. So good. There's no one there. It's perfect. But, yeah, they, like, tie little Richard to the episode by going, I know about teaching. I taught Paul McCartney how to go, woo, <laughs> which he did. You listen <laughs> to Paul McCartney's woo, clearly influenced by little Richard's. Amazing. The more you know. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I thought he was a fine guest. Like, it was a very tenuous link, though. Yeah, he did fine. It was just more like, oh, okay, he is here. He's here now. Yeah, I feel like like he probably didn't even need a speaking role. Just the joke being him as the presenter was enough for me. Yeah, fair. That was the peak. Yeah, it is definitely the comedy. Just a step above, little Richard. What are you doing in Epcot? Yeah, you know? <laughs> and especially like tying into Skinner's patheticness. You know, I only had enough money to buy the ring box, and he's, oh, take one of mine, baby. Woo. Yeah, I do like Skinner's line there. Though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I felt naked there for a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry Elliot, for the bad little Richard accent. <laughs> really, my impression is based off the Family Guy bit, piano riff, woo. It's true. That's a great bit. <laughs> I love that bit as well because, especially at music college, studying all these old blues musicians, there was only a little bit of difference between them. Mm. You know, and they talk about them like, this guy came along and did the most revolutionary thing. 
Yeah, Little Richard. He played it faster and said woo a bunch. <laughs> That's hey, the key When difference. that hadn't been done before. <laughs> Most people get at the piano and they just play slow and never say woo. This guy changed the game. He said woo. <laughs> but not like woo. We'd heard who before. We'd heard shoe before. We ain't ever heard woo. <laughs> yeah, the old Howling Jack song. <laughs> you and my shoe. <laughs> Wait, I don't want to run with that. <laughs> So how about some of the heart of this episode, speaking of the proposal? I really like, actually, Bart's heart in this, where he the just Bart feels heart? bad for Edna and, you know, just wants to be nice for a change. Because, you know, she doesn't give up on him, as he says, makes him redo that whole report, but sits with him the whole time, explaining yep. World War One to him. Yeah, that's right. That's sort of a weird, like, tying off of Bart's storyline at the start, though, isn't it? A little but- bit. But, you know... He comes back a little bit at the end, so... But it gets us to where we're going, and... Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Bartholomew's heart-tholomew. <laughs> yeah, so what about Skinner's heart? What did you think of that? Boo! Skinner's heart was so insincere. I feel like the whole, like, proposal was so botched and half-hearted. He didn't even mm. have a ring. It was just, like, a last-minute thought. Well, he had what he could afford but like when did he buy it because yeah. the thing is the whole plan was to like sabotage edna which is yep. fucked which was awful which is fucked. to be fair he bail he gets himself out of realizing it's fucked before someone has to tell him skinner that's wrong but even that it's like eh. by the way blackmailing with bart playlist <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's weird that yeah bart made the turn as well like it's for a fine enough reason the whole teacher's pet drawing but also yeah. it's much more sudden it was pretty weak yeah but yeah krabuffle doesn't even get to acknowledge that he tried to sabotage her yeah, yeah she got too caught up i feel like i wanted edna to say no to the proposal and i guess you know i'm glad spoiler alert that she turns down, you know, the wedding and yeah. walks away at the altar. Like, yeah, fuck you, Seymour. Yeah, like, because this is a thing, like, it really does just feel like he made it about himself. Yeah. And this yeah. is sort of, like, getting into a personal gripe with the whole idea of a big wedding proposal, you know. It does feel like sometimes the dude is making it about himself. Yeah, unless you know the person loves pageantry. Yeah. You know, and big moments, then yeah. Yeah. If you want to kill a night with a bottle of wine, watching Proposal Fails on YouTube is um, <laughs> hauntingly hilarious. Didn't even know that was a thing, but of course Yeah, <laughs> I know what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> I got the idea from The Good Place when she goes, I'm going back home with a bottle of tequila and I'm watching Wedding Fails. <laughs> like, <gasps> so did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Hmm, sporadically, I think. There are elements to definitely... I think that first act especially is actually a lot of fun and get a lot of jokes out of it, despite that opening where... Edna just sprays down Millhouse with a freaking fire extinguisher. I was admittedly like, ah, okay, this episode's going to blow, isn't it? But then it gets quite good, mm. and I have a lot of fun, and then it just kind of loses itself. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like there are elements that are definitely Simpsons-y, but it's just very scattered mm. and not in that fun kind of Simpsons yeah. way. Yeah, not, not in a fun sporadic way, just scattered, I think, is a good yeah. term for it. It's like, it's the pieces are there, they're just too few and far between. They don't really uh, mesh well, it doesn't yeah. really fuse. Yeah, I think maybe this is going to be a downfall in just, like, stunt location casting. If they hadn't had it at Epcot, if they had been like, we're going to... Ontario. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> see, I love th- that's oh, no, the they- thing. Like, I wouldn't change it not being at Epcot. I was thinking, like, you know, what would I change about the episode to make it flow better? I wouldn't change that. And I wouldn't change 
the opening act. So I don't know. Like, it just doesn't uh, work. I kind of feel like once they get to Epcot, they feel like they can just rest on their laurels and be like, hey, we're in a fun place. The wackiness is surely going to come out the writing now. We're going to have a great time. <laughs> and then they kind of lose the plot a lot more once we get there because they're just like, up oh, Enron ride. That's good satire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Which it was. It was, be rich. Oh, yeah, it was. It was. Oh, yeah, it was. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, we're going to break even. Oh. <laughs> Into the poorhouse. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Like, and I feel like that has been another, like, mid to late teens gifable moment as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck. What, what question are we on? Oh, feeling like an episode of The Simpsons. I say that all the characters were themselves, though. I feel like we were starting to see them, like, leaning in to the tropes, especially to do with Agnes. I don't feel like Skinner felt like himself, though. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I don't think Skinner felt like himself. Yeah, he got one good line of, Edna Krabappel, please report to the principal's arms. Like, Aww. Yeah. But that was about it. And then, yeah, that got ruined with that he brought Agnes there. Well, she's paying for the room. Technically, she brought me. And it's like that really kind of undermines what I think yeah. is a kind of a great wacky moment that I can't believe we didn't mention before. Well, uh, she's in Orlando where you think she'll meet someone better. It's like, are you kidding, man? You can't yeah. turn around without bumping into a handsome man. Take my card. <laughs> just dives out the window and gets kind of this. <laughs> you know, he does the old take my car. Yeah. And it turns out Willie's. Souped out hot rod. Fucking yellow thing with like number five on the side and like a James Bond style video uh, chat. It's like, what the fuck? No, but I love that wackiness if that's how he gets to Epcot so quickly. Yeah. And Agnes's involvement does undermine that a bit. Because he had to stop and pick up. And yeah. Uh, yeah. What I did feel like felt like Skinner was after Edna sort of dumped him and, um, you know, they go to the land of tomorrow mm-hmm. and he's asleep in the bed of tomorrow and, yeah. you know, the robot mom comes and wakes him up and Skinner's like, ah, he's never going to get up. He doesn't have any legs. <laughs> and then he's like saying about Epcot, about how it's educational and mind mildly entertaining, just like Edna. Aww. I feel like that was very Skinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a very sweet acknowledgement of the things he loves about her. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, sleeping with animatronics playlists. Um, <laughs> Someone's yeah. been sleeping in my bed. <laughs> well, I can't help it. It was 300 degrees in the car. <laughs> <laughs> but yes or no, would you watch it again? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it's on. Yeah, definitely. We're going to watch it again, probably. We're going to put it on a playlist. What playlist does it go in? Entertaining arcade machines. Yep. The Halloween hit and run in the background, you can see Larry the Looter. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. It was pretty brutal, but I did like that joke. And I said, like, the hop in the back, of, don't turn around, just keep driving. <laughs> Makes me want to do that at, like, a Daytona or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Rainier Wolfcastle. I did like his cameo in this. Fucking love this section. Yeah, that this was whole, so good, yeah, that as documentary. As soon as I remember that was in this episode, I was like, <laughs> yay. <laughs> <laughs> and look at Rova participating in birthing a hole. <laughs> did you know the hole's only natural enemy is the pile oh it's so fucking funny that is so the dumbest and most intelligent <laughs> thing anyone can and, write. Po- and here we see dolphins nature's most filmed creature <laughs> so they have holes blow holes <laughs> why it's so the perfect encapsulation of all those imax documentaries yeah. that you yeah. see have you guys seen any of those or oh yeah i went on a few school excursions yeah. to the old imax <laughs> Yep, uh, when your dad is into space and you have no idea what to buy him for his birthday, you get him IMAX <laughs> documentaries about space. Yeah, so I've seen two, yeah, the underwater one and the space one, and because the screen's so big, you know, taking up most of your periphery, I had the exact same sensation watching both of those movies of, like, the perceived floatlessness. Uh, uh, weightlessness. Weightlessness, rather, yeah. 
Does that happen to anyone else? <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just enjoying your term, floatlessness. It's what we're experiencing right now. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> After bed, sleepyhead. Any other playlist you'd put this in? We actually have a weird double reference to... What the freaking hell is his name? Little Richard? No. Gustavo Fring? Ah... Dead Poet Society. Oh, Robin oh, Williams. Jesus. Robin Williams. Yeah, we have a double reference to Robin Williams, weirdly enough. So reference to Robin Williams. First, we have the Dead Poet Society. I, I do love the Board of Education's reaction when they play like, oh, God. Yeah. But Dead Poets has ruined a generation of educators. I really wish they cut the joke there and didn't cut back again because... I mean, we've seen Dan Castellaneta do his Robin Williams routine before. Yeah, but I think they needed a justification for why they hate it so much. It's like, oh, great, we're doing this whole bit again. Yeah, I guess if you don't know the reference, it would dumb. But... Yeah, but also when Skinner walks into the classroom, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I was looking for my girlfriend, not Pandorba. Pandorba is Mindy on Mork and Mindy. Oh. With <laughs> Robin Williams. And did you know Robin Williams? Yeah, he played the genie in Aladdin. Whoa, 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 what? <laughs> no, no, I'm leading up to another thing. You oh, should okay. know that bit. Oh, right, right. And Dan Castellaneta, voice of Homer and many other characters in The Simpsons, voiced the genie in Aladdin, the TV series, and Return of Jafar. There we go. Fascinating. It's the circle of voice acting. So he's like, yes, I can do my Robin Williams impression again. Yep. All those years of practicing in the shower paid off. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Simpsons playlist, Dan Castellaneta doing his Robin Williams routine. It mm. comes up a lot. Any other playlists? Xeroxing of butts. Yeah, that actually does come up a lot. I know. Little party boys, body butt. Little body boy. <laughs> hey, Pitcos. <laughs> um, BT, what would you change about this episode? I'd like to kind of see a version of this where they go somewhere other than Orlando. I feel like, even mm. though there are some good jokes there, I feel like maybe that's why the main plot derails. They put too much focus on what kind of jokes can we make at Epcot rather than what do we do with this plot line. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why... Because the first part of this is pretty fun. It's I would give it a solid silver. But then the follow-up just kind of lets it down a little bit. And especially that we should have finished on such an emotional moment that would have had us go, aww. Yeah. Instead of like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Maddie? What would you like to change? You know what? I think I would change Agnes coming with Skinner. Because mm, I, yeah. I really like the Epcot bit. I also really like you know the whole idea that this really boring Teacher of the Year award is going to be held at Epcot, which, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's pretty boring. I like <laughs> it. It's boring. Yeah, but, I mean, Magic Kingdom, you can go yeah. for two days. Yeah. yeah. Epcot, you can do it in about half an hour. You yeah. do it once. You you get the gist. Yeah. It's fun. Anyway, but, yeah, I just I really like Epcot. I really like all that. But I think Agnes needs to be stayed at home, and I think mm. Skinner needs to focus on winning Edna back as opposed to – Focus on winning and they're back. Get there and then like get distracted by Agnes and then go, oh, I'm going to sabotage her. You should have been like, crap, I need to marry Edna and mm. then work on an elaborate proposal. Yeah, you could have easily had the act of ignoring his mother long enough to drive to Epcot and be there was the show that he was willing to, you know, uh, make space for Edna in his life and ignore his mother every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm sort of somewhere between both, like... What I really wanted to change was actually to have uh, Skinner have like a more solid reasoning. And also, mm. if he's worried that Krabappel is going to move on, because that's the part of the episode that I feel like is pretty shoehorned in. Yeah. That he's worried about her leaving, especially with the guy running the show going to all the teachers. If you win, you'll make enough money so you can leave this crappy job. Mm. And the, with the newspaper as well, will she leave her career now? It's like, 
when did she ever mention this as a possibility? Yeah, she is the only one who never says, maybe I'll, I won't teach anymore if I win. Yeah. Everyone else around her says it, yeah. So I think that reasoning needs to be scrapped. And yeah, I think they do need to lean in harder with the mother stuff, but also lean out harder and like jumping on what you were saying, Maddie. Yeah, probably not having her go to Epcot. Yeah, you know what? Just have a scene where Chalmers comes in and goes, well, now that Edgar's... Ed- Edgar. Edgar. <laughs> what the fuck is with me and names tonight? Well, now that Edna's been nominated for an award, we can probably get her into a good school. You'll, you'd yeah. want that, surely. You'd want the love of your life to get a better job somewhere, and that's what drives the, oh, I could lose her, not only not see her every day, but also lose her emotionally. She's going to be swept up in this world. That'll be something. And that, yeah, but an instead, award like that, she can go start teaching in private schools. Yeah, and it, it's so easy. You have one scene with Chalmers instead of the newspaper telling the audience. Yeah. And would it would be a good echo of grade school confidential as well, where he's stuck between his work and yeah. his family yeah. to be with this woman. Musical moments. <laughs> Woo! Mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> and now enjoy the music of the turtles. I can't see me loving nobody. Oh, actually, you were on another podcast where we covered an episode with the turtles. Um, what? the the way we weren't the flashback to the camp and Homer and the eye patch. And- oh yeah, what song was that? The Turtles, the same song. And it was during... Oh, yeah, and they did that sailing theme. Yeah, yeah, and it was during yeah, like that weird the, montage that we were like, oh, that was God. super out of place. It sucked, that montage. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> now you're making me think about how much I hate that montage. I also like that Simpsons have like five romantic songs in that yeah. sense. <laughs> <laughs> Embraceable you, Turtles. Yeah. Bank. Birds suddenly appear. Oh, no, 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 the, the Turtles? Oh, uh, no, no, I meant the, the, their five romantic songs they have. Oh, right, One right. of them is me, birds suddenly appear, but it's at least thematically makes sense. Who could ever get sick of this song? Suddenly appear. Over here, over there. Maddie, do you have any other notes? I like when they're in the kitchen and Homer's like, I feel great after getting this award and it's the world's greatest dad mug. And then Bart goes, Dad, you bought that for yourself because it was full of gummy worms. Amazing. And you just got that so you could catch gummy fish. <laughs> yeah. And th- then I think it goes a bite too far and he's got a gummy fish up on the wall. Where like, he I- literally takes a bite out of it. Yeah. I think it would have been better. Just leave it. It only caught that to catch gummy fish. I like to leave it yeah. at that. I didn't mind Agreed. the gummy trophy Agreed. though. I also like when Edna's up getting her award and she goes, ah, I can't believe this after I accidentally showed the R-rated <laughs> version of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Thought that nipple would haunt me forever. Yep. Amazing. Teachers are people too. They're human. They make mistakes. They have nipples. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, and I love that because it's led to a weird note in my book, which was haunted nipple. (laughs) You should see a priest about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, haunted nipple. Amazing. (laughs) That's what you should go for is Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm going as Thanos. That's pretty much what he is, right? (laughs) Are you going to get rid of your beard? No, 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 I'm painting it in because he's got such a big oh, chin. Oh, he's got that You still that need to do the makeup test chin. for that, man. You're going to have to experiment with it first. Yeah, it only has to last a couple saying, of hours. I'm just you think you're going to be able to sculpt your beard into a Thanos chin without any preparation or know-how? <laughs> I believe you <laughs> on, can do on it. On Halloween Eve, man? Some, we'll talk. My people will talk to your Deep people. Deep prep. I like when Marge and Homer are watching the fireworks and then yeah. Marge goes, let's go make some fireworks of our own. And they make actual <laughs> fireworks. Yep. So good. I just like, like, I get to tap the powder. I wouldn't have it any other way. So cute. It's so margin, Homer. Mm. Very cute, Mr. Act. At the end with Agnes, when Skinner, like, taps her on the shoulder. Yeah. And for some reason, it's her internal thought dialogue. And she's like, 
<laughs> he has the tiny hands of a chimp. <laughs> what? Yeah. Since the show is running long, let's just name a winner. Yeah. yeah. And then I love the ending when Homer's like, we're going to Disney World. Jumps the fence. <laughs> One churro, please. That'll be $14. Ah! All right. Yeah. yeah. So Disney World. That is Disney World right there in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Yes, I will pay $14 for your overpriced fucking Mickey Mouse shaped ice cream sandwich. Oh my God. Damn, that is such good. a good ice cream sandwich. Such though. a good ice cream sandwich. <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, is it better because it's in the shape of Mickey Mouse? Is it like just the Disney magic they put? I don't know. I don't know how they do it. It's the magic of $14. Oh God. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe mm. it just tastes so good because you paid. Such an exorbitant amount. For yeah, especially with us because that $14 churro is actually like a $20 churro. We exchange, right? Not even including the cost of the plane ticket to get there. <laughs> <laughs> this churro better damn be worth it. Yeah, I'm coming back. <laughs> you got lucky. <laughs> uh, how about you, BT? Any other notes? So I have mixed feelings, but I mostly like his flashback to Nam where he steals cupcakes. <laughs> Like, oh, this is the worst thing I've ever done. Even in the things I did in Nam, yeah. you're getting a parade down my esophagus. Just like, mm, so close. Yeah, it probably was one of those one bite too many, wasn't it? It would have just been sold if he picked up the cupcake and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been enough. The esophagus was maybe a bit too much. Yep. Also, <laughs> when Bart hands in his report, so what an F! But it's the right now of pages. Yeah, but most of these are ads. Yeah. So good. <laughs> most haven't as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's good. It's time for my final notes. Courtesy of Danny Rosewell there, if you didn't pick it up, that's to the tune of Pendulum's remix of the ABC News theme. <laughs> Also known as the ABC news theme, they barely change because they're shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> Throwing down the uh, swing against Pendulum. Actually, not even Pendulum, just that one song. I hated it. Mm. Still do. <laughs> Take that. When Bart's running through the list of all the potential men in town for. <laughs> oh, there's your musical moment. I believe in miracles. Yeah. Yeah, there were some very low cards in that hand. <laughs> I have a Jordan Zadel corner. Jordan Zadel, girl! As much as I love the joke about the locket that Edna, you know, mm-hmm. unclips a locket, it's her and Skinner, and then she unclips a third panel and it's Agnes. Yep. Yeah, there's no way that they showed the physicality of that, like, actually working like that. <laughs> nope. The Agnes Skinner photo would be on the outside. Yep. But still, I love this joke. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jordan. <laughs> Always in our thoughts. Always. <laughs> <laughs> and our corners. Um, <laughs> they do a bit of like overselling how naughty Bart is. The devil in the blue shorts? I thought he was an urban legend. I carumba. Yeah, come on. He's he's not that bad. Edna had a really bleak line. Uh, if one of those thugs puts a tack on my chair so I can feel something. Yep. Oof. Hey, she had a very depressing childhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, then... Like I really got sold on the emotion then when like she got given the teacher's award and she yeah. was surprised and so cute. and then Nelson like ha ha you're crying Nelson we're giving you an award for bully of the year ha 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 and then he like the guy like leans over is like here you go give me one for the road yeah like, the wedgie there's another great gifable moment which I'm gonna have to remember Skinner thinking he's gonna be announced in Krabappel's speech and he does the whole yes. walk, walk on walk off that's so good <laughs> definitely make that I demand it right now I would like a gift. <laughs> 
when Skinner is reading the paper, there's a little clipping of like comic book guy being foiled by a pistachio, which is an interesting foreshadowing of the next episode. So yes, anyway, look into the next episode when we'll be talking more about comic book guy. <laughs> it is time to rank this thing. Whee! Maddie, it is your turn to kick it off. <gasps> oh gosh. Okay. Um, You know, I feel like a silver. Silver. Actually, you know what? I gave the last one gold. God, I feel like, you know. Br- yeah, follow, no, you follow know what? Silver. Heart. Silver, yeah. Yeah, silver. How about you, BT? I'm going to go with the bronze. It started on a silver, mm. and that's why I'm kind of bummed out because it really just it loses itself a little bit, whether it be too much Agnes or in the wrong location or a mixture of everything or just, I think, ultimately it led to what you were saying about just poor motivations. Mm. It just loses me a little bit and it loses a bit of the character. And yeah, but hey, I still have some fun. Yeah, I had to break this one down into the axe to come up with my rank, and ultimately I think the axe went gold, silver, bronze, so that's going to average out into a nice average silver for me. Look, this episode could have been a gold if the ending was stronger, and like I feel like I'm even being generous with a silver, but I yeah, feel that's like... That's where I'm... your heart says, yeah. Yeah, I feel really generous with my silver, because that's like only a difference between you know the last episode, which I loved, and this episode, I felt it was just like a bit meh. We've talked a lot that silver is hard to land on exactly where that... that it's, it literally is. is that gray area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone's happy with their ranks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to change it? <laughs> You're making a very thinky face. Is so. bronze meh? <laughs> meh participant, but for the ones you'd watch again, good bronze, great silver, excellent gold, best of the very best cubic screen. All right, go bronze, because oh. I feel like it's definitely not good. Oh, well, bronze is good. Bronze is, yeah. Yeah, it's not participant. I've seen participants. They're fucking terrible. It's bronze. Yeah, we say good bronze, but what we really mean is, like, good meh. Yeah, yeah. See, I was thinking yeah, silver I still say, meh. Okay, bronze, good silver, excellent gold. Yeah. But for the best. Of the best. Yeah. All right. Well, now with that ranking, this will be a shiny bronze. Mm. This will be joining other such episodes as well as some from season 14. I'm spelling as fast as I can with Lisa and the spelling bee. Mm-hmm. A star is born again where Ned starts dating a movie star. Yeah, I yeah. like that one. Yep. Yeah, old yellow belly where Santa's little helper becomes the Duff Spokes dog. Homer of Seville where mm-hmm. Homer's an opera singer. Day of the Jack and Apes where Sideshow Bob tries to control Bart with mind control. And Alone Again, Natural Diddly where Maud dies. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> All right, well, that about does it for Special Edna. Now we're going to the final episode in this Skinner and Krabuffle trilogy. We're going to my big fat geek wedding. We'll be back. And we are back, and we just watched our final episode for the evening in the saga of the rise and fall of Edna and Seymour. This was season 15, episode 17, My Big Fat Geek Wedding. First released in April of Ought 4, it was directed by Mark Kirtland, written by Kevin Curran, RIP. In this episode, Skinner gets cold feet right before his marriage to Edna, but she catches wind of this and she's the one that runs from the altar. And then on the rebound, she hooks up with Comic Book Guy, who proposes to her in a Comic-Con-like thing. And the Bymon Sci-Fi Con. <laughs> How did I slip on I that one? I was about one? to say. It's yeah. in the Bymon Sci-Fi Con. Anyway, that happens. Guys, what did you think? I liked it more than the last one, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I felt like it was a little bit more cohesive. I thought they had a lot of fun with, like, the wedding and the pre-wedding ritual stuff. Like, Yeah. Mixed feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I like parts, but I... I've got to say, a lot of the gripes that I had with the last one actually roll over into this one. There's a lot less Agnes in this one. Yeah, uh, actually, that's a very good point. 
any Agnes problems we have from the last one, I suppose, have largely dissipated. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, we've got comic book guy problems as well. <laughs> I feel like comic book guy is good for a one-liner. Yeah. Yeah. But you cannot hedge a plot turn on him. It doesn't tend to work. And it's so weird because this is only three seasons after he got with Agnes. <laughs> what? I forgot that happened. You didn't know that happened? <laughs> no, I fully forgot <laughs> that. Yeah, I remember that. But then, wait, 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 wait. Yeah? Three seasons after. After, so he got with Agnes first. Yeah, yeah, in like season twelve. Well, then he's all acting weird when he's like, "Ooh, she got to my car and hasn't run away." Yeah, so yeah, a little bit of inconsistency there because we... he has gotten fresh before. I don't know how to put it when it. <laughs> I comes wouldn't with... say it's fresh when it comes to Agnes. <laughs> he got some of that cake. <laughs> Not that one. It's a coconut cake. <laughs> That's good. All right, let's get into it. Maddie, for better or worse, what is a moment from this episode that stands out to you? I really like that Edna didn't want to settle. Yeah. Mm. I really, really like that. I'm like, yes, you go, Edna, because she has had a really dud romantic life. And, you know, I like that even though she's had all these shit experiences that she's still like, well, I'd rather be by myself than with someone who just wants to be with me because he can. Yeah. Well, especially because we're sort of seeing a continuation of shitty Skinner from the last episode in this one. And it is really satisfying to see Edna own that moment and fucking bail on him when it was like, no, you're doing this for the wrong reasons. Yeah. 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 Uh, How about you, PT? What's a moment from this episode that sounds out to you for better or worse? I think it's going to be Marge and Homer's conflict, which kind of comes out of nowhere. Like the opening scene is... Marge reading, again, another great sign gag, uh, recipes to think about in bed. Perfect. Yeah, just a great little opener there. And it's got a weird but kind of funny joke of Homer going, oh, I'm just replacing these batteries. We are out of A's, so I'm going to whittle down these D's. <laughs> and I like these whittling down the D's, but then that's the introduction to their marriage being in crisis. Yeah. And then, like, one of the next scenes where they really talk, actually... Can I just say, for that scene, though, like, oh, him yeah, whittling the, the down the batteries... The, the lighting. Yeah, 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 and she turns out the light, and, like, the sparks are, like, just yeah. putting this blue Looks haze. fantastic. And yeah. that's, I think that's why they went for the second bite, where he shuts off the lights and keeps whittling after she goes to bed. They do have a quick little line I like, which is, like, uh, I'm going to go sleep on the couch. Huh, she sure loves that couch. <laughs> yeah. Kind of just quickly implying this happens a lot. Mm. But I guess that didn't feel like a crisis moment. It was just an oddity and to then later on have it a bit more, well, you always tell us to screw up our marriage, spice up our marriage. It's like, but yeah. was this what we were talking about? And I then think. they do that pun as well and batteries and like, you know. Yeah, whittling around down the days like a bunch of batteries, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it feels more like they feel like they're in a rut rather than they're actually having any kind of conflict, but it's portrayed as conflict. And to the flip of that, I do like when Homer is feeding Skinner advice, yelling up to Edna and Marge is feeding Edna advice, yelling down to Skinner. I wish they'd played with that for a little bit longer. It's kind of gets exposed a little too quickly. I do like the setup, but I just, I feel like the conflict is a little artificial. Can we talk about that for a second? Mm -hmm. The fact that, Homer calls Principal Skinner, Principal Skinner, mm. and Principal Skinner corrects him and goes, it's Seymour. Yeah. Like, really? And then the next scene, they're feeding each other lines, and Marge feeds Edna a line, and then Edna says, Principal Skinner, it's over. And I'm like, oh my God, do they not call him Seymour ever? Oh, like, it's a really interesting thing. Yeah, mm. that like once you become a principal, it's like, I don't know, being a doctor, like you're just always that title. But I'm like, maybe they just don't know his first name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just always thought it was principal. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why he became a principal. So good. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of an interesting thing with this episode that's sort of attempting to do this parallel of 
a marriage repairing after a conflict versus one that just falls apart before it even starts. And yeah, I do agree that it's sort of... It was just something to put Marge in a bad mood at the start. Yeah, like a bad mood, sure. But it wasn't like a, I can't believe you've done this kind of thing. It was just a, okay, you're whittling batteries in bed. That's odd. Definitely wasn't make or break. Wasn't Mm. like the escalation Mm. and the resolution didn't quite fit the the start point. The temperament of everything. Home has done a lot worse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. I felt like they rushed the resolution as well and that very much felt like Marge just changing on a dime as well like mm. it wasn't really satisfying yeah the moment of the story that's going to stick out to me yeah is of course comic book guy's involvement in it and i kind of like him as a rebound for edna because i mean much the same reason that i actually do think it makes sense that he hooked up with agnes they're both sort of sarcastic and they both Mm -hmm. sort of have a cynical worldview and it kind of makes sense that they'd have you know even a fleeting attraction to each other but yeah it just can't be ignored they just really miffed all the comic book guy humor and so oh she's laying in the many folds of my say spider-man shirt and as a visual of her doing that, and it's like, yeah, where's the I, joke? I There's no joke, but I do actually like the visual. She looks very content there. Yeah, but yeah, it, he really felt like he rushed to the marriage thing. Oh yeah, jumping the gun a bit. Yeah, maybe he thought he wouldn't ever get a chance as good as that. I guess yeah. you know what they say: if you like it, should have put a ring on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Amen, Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> if you like it, put it in a my like bag. If you like it, like it, put a cling on it. All right, you won. (laughs) No, I didn't. (laughs) I also had another bad one where the Klingons all go, oh, my notes say cling on. And you have lost it. See, this is why we do the classic episodes last. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, I know. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like it was really putting some fake escalation into the episode. Yeah. Especially with that really short-lived fight scene between Skinner and Comic Book Guy, which I wish went 30 seconds longer, honestly. It feels like there's more you can pull out at a Biomon Sci-Fi Con fight scene than yeah. we got. Yeah, I feel like there could have just been more at the Biomon Sci-Fi Con. Yep. <laughs> there's a tongue twister for you today. Biomon Sci-Fi Con. Biomon Sci-Fi Con. Biomon Sci-Fi Con. <laughs> it's kind of like a cult kind of chant like by my sci-fi con (laughs) (laughs) oh that's creepy (laughs) Uh, we know how chats go yeah i thought the visual of skinner arriving in what he thought was Catman. oh my god that was so good um black panther (laughs) when he came in i was like oh he's in black panther outfit (laughs) and then (laughs) it's the Catwoman as well amazing as if like there would ever be a cat man yeah or why isn't there a Catman? Sorry, I should say. I saying. would dare say there probably is. Editing Bay Elliot J here to say that yes, there is a Catman. He's been one of Batman's enemies in the comics since the 60s, and he usually gets around wearing a yellow and orange superhero suit. Okay, back to the show. Sorry, huh? is Black Panther not just Catman with a better name? Yes. <laughs> the wider pop culture world did not know about Black Panther this time. That's a very good point. <laughs> Panther is a cat. He is a man. <laughs> it's a big man. It's a big cat. I'm big cat man. It's manly because it's not a cat's panther. panther. <laughs> These claws are super masculine. Yeah. It was my cat-like reflex. Let me just drink from my purple flower to give me my special powers. <laughs> God, they're hippies. <laughs> Play count. How many times before tonight do you think you've seen this episode? Like twice. Yeah, thrice. Yeah, I think I've seen this a few times. How about the wackiness of this episode? It's not, not really a cartoon wacky that we usually go for. 
But I love the stripper scene with yeah. Police Chief oh, Wigan. Oh. That's <laughs> so uh, wacky. Ladies, ladies, so I'm good. an actual cop. Hey, is that five dollars? Wow. <laughs> Eddie Lou, how about a little backup? I do love that. Bit. That sells it so hard. So good. And then Wiggum at the end of it's like, oh, I threw my back out. Yeah, yeah. You so just good. hear him in the background. Old man is just making a sandwich. <laughs> yes, I felt like that was really good, wacky. Yeah, I will say as much as I confuses me why they're having the bachelorette party at the Simpsons house. Mm. I do like all the material around it. It's like, and this present is another set of edible panties. Now that's sexual. Yeah. Um, how about getting complaints of loud music and a strip diddly dipper and then splendors <laughs> behind the curtains glaring? Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of these jokes that I love where yeah. you have other characters interpreting other characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, you never hear Flanders say strip diddly dipper, but it's that much funnier because Wiggum's like, ready, strip but Dip- diddly yeah. dipper. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of weird that Marge and Edna do have this friendship in this episode. That's I think they just okay. did, A, didn't have any other way to bring the Simpsons in it, and B, yeah. we've got mm. no real connection between Edna and any other female characters, really. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I thought she and Miss Hoover would be, be I mean, a may, Maybe, but I'm kind of surprised she didn't show up at all. She but even out the Bachelorette no, party. Not that I remember. Patty and Selma were there. I mean, yeah. fucking... There's a good bit in uh, the Bachelor party where it's like, oh, Fellas, I'm afraid I'm getting some cold feet, but don't tell anyone. Homer's like, guess what? He's getting cold feet. <laughs> Homer, you're still talking to me. Yeah. Man, is this awkward. <laughs> that was a bit a little bit. Homer, you're still... Ba- but like, it yeah. was pretty funny. Though. Yeah, look at that. The bachelorette party. Patty, Selma, Mrs. Hibbert. Yep. Mrs. Hibbert got an invite. Lovejoy. Um, Lindsay Nagel. Lindsay Nagel and Menjula. Maybe yeah. Miss Hoover was out with her um, Lyme disease. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is taking place in that timeline. I, I, I buy that. <laughs> the episode opening up with the kickball scene is pretty weird. <laughs> with Willie thinking oh he just God. shredded a that child. Was... Again. <laughs> Again. I oh my God. I yeah. really liked that. That was so funny. And then, children, our only ball is being repaired. <laughs> yeah, so now our sports are dodge rock, volley brick, <laughs> and base game. Uh-huh. Val wanted that as he goes, oh no, I've shredded another child. And just marks it off on his tractor and keeps driving. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that was funnier to me. <laughs> Tattoos a little tear under his eye. Yep. <laughs> just, just puts the stamp on the side of the tractor and keeps going. <laughs> oh, that's hey, that rough. grass is not going to cut itself. <laughs> Shredded child helps the... Nope. Um, no, helps and, the blades go around. Uh, it's <laughs> and helps the blades of grass grow. The wacky cotton wacky moment when they're talking about ready to take the plunge and then Edna imagines the future with mm. Seymour. And then Agnes is that weird, mm-hmm. like she's a weird spider robot. And what then the hell? she's like, oh, my larval sack fell into the toilet. And then Seymour goes, quick, Edna, I'll use your purse as a scoop. <laughs> What? Yeah, I like that how that was wacky. I like how this started where it's, you know, well, happy 50th. Maybe it's time we can combine our CD collections. Oh, I don't think I'm ready for that commitment. Like, yeah. Take that plunge. Yeah, that exactly. If, if he's not ready now, then, you know, may, will he ever be? Yeah, I love Edna's imagination there that they can prolong life by putting your head onto a spider body, but CDs are still the preferred medium. Hey, of we've music. seen that flash forward <laughs> in the Bobo episode where Smithers' his head on is on a robot dog. Ah, oh, that's right. So, you know, this is a viable technology. <laughs> Simpsons loves the old head in a different body, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Matt Groening's obsessed yeah. with it. And then I went to Futurama, head in a jar, which yeah. got attached to a few different things. Yeah. So. Speaking of which, our guest for the episode, Matt Groening. Yeah, there's Who's your he? other cartoon <laughs> wacky moment. Will you sign my Bender doll? 
Yeah. <laughs> sure. I'll autograph anything. Ask me anytime, anywhere. And feel free to take a look at my hair. Also, don't forget to pull on my beard. Like, I love this as well because you can yeah. feel years and years and years of Comic-Cons just yeah. being unloaded in this moment. Uh, <laughs> but it's quite funny because I think the way he delivers it... It's not passive aggressive. It's yeah. actually very sincere. Really jolly. It's really funny. Yeah. I feel like that's the writers being like, God, can't wait for someone to like go up and pull his beard <laughs> after watching this. Suck it, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they've used this joke before as where they introduced him as the creator of Futurama. Yeah, they yeah. definitely have. Didn't we cover this in a uh, podcast recently? Which one, but yeah, we definitely did. Yeah. But yeah, I thought he did a good job in this. In his own work? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, the other episode I remember him being in is when he's piling the bongo comics into his truck. I'm so rich. I'm, I'm so, so rich. rich. <laughs> <laughs> so how about the heart of this episode? Did you guys feel the bar bumps? I felt the intention of the bumps. Mm. Oh, you know what I actually really liked was Seymour's song to win Edna back mm-hmm. to the... Um, yeah, Lion Sleeps Tonight. Yeah, I was going to say the Lion King song. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Lion Sleeps Tonight. I thought that was actually really cute and the lines were actually kind of funny. Um, I just thought that was a really fun take on the song. Yeah, I, I, uh, what do you think of it, Beach? Um, it's fine. Settle yeah, I'm surprised he wrote Settle, settle for the for Door. <laughs> <laughs> in his own thing. I, I think Bard ad-libbed. <laughs> yeah, and also referred to them as Castrati. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, hmm. And for those that don't know, Castrati is an old practice where they would cut the testicles off promising uh, young singers just before they hit puberty. To keep their voice high-pitched forever. Yeah. You monsters. History is the worst place to live. <laughs> but yeah, I like that because, okay, the Castrati's ready and Bart's like, what? And then they immediately <laughs> yeah, move Yeah, no, I, I like the joke just because it hits and it moves. Yeah, this song parody, I'm a bit mixed on, i got to be honest. It feels like it sort of runs out of steam the longer it goes. Mm. And because I really like how they set up the whim away with Edna Kate. Yeah, oh, Edna, Edna Kate. Kate. Oh, Edna yeah. Kate. That's really clever. But Seymour's lines, like the fact that they don't rhyme kind of irk me, where he rhymes needy with prefer. <laughs> yeah, it feels like if it was one of those obvious rhymes they were heading towards that then they veer away from at the last second to prefer. Well, that's what I like about Settle for Seymour, come back to the dork, because it feels like he's going to go come back to the door, mm-hmm. and then he adds the yeah. K. And yeah. yeah. Um, and the K. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Even I still like Miss Crepapal, a sad principal, but it, I don't know. I just feel like it falls apart. Yeah, that, there. that lands very well uh, sil- syllabically. So, ah, syllabically, it's perfected. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but other than that i think the instrumentation is actually really beautiful i think the violin work in that is just ah it's enough to bring a tear to your eye and a teacher to your door Mm. (laughs) yeah actually a lot (laughs) you don't you don't throw a song parody at two music school graduates without getting analyzed We can't help it, we're dogs. Yeah. So I did forget something I wanted to throw into whack, which is the uh, rabbit that Barney can see when he drinks. Oh, yeah. Oh, which died. I feel like is this uh, might be a reference to Harvey the Rabbit. I'm not too sure. Donnie Darker? No, that's Frank. <laughs> uh, but he's got that voice. That's that famous guy for doing that voice. Oh, uh, it's not a pretty picture, and I don't like doing it. And when Mr. Sneebly is seen, oh, what yeah. I had done, I was banished from the car wash forever. <laughs> Wow, how do we, like... Uh, we know him through <laughs> Simpsons quotes. That is nuts. I know we looked him up once to find what he was actually from. Well, mine was um, an Aladdin quote. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I got yours. <laughs> and then I was like, where's that coming from? Simpsons. <laughs> it's Peter Laurie. 
Yeah, I will say just on the heart, just to finish that thing off. Look, I still feel like the problem with Skinner in this episode, much like last episode, is how entitled he is. I feel like what this episode does better, though, it feels like it's more of the point. Mm. And that's why Edna says no, eventually. Yeah, because I do like that he doesn't bail on her because he has cold feet. She bails on him because she knows he has cold feet and isn't sure. And it says, you know, as I said at the Battle of Kaysan, I surrender. And it's like, well that's not good enough and she leaves with that i really like that and even when she gets ripped on at school when all the kids are like oh the heart i didn't think you had one and then i like that she's like oh no why should i take the plunge with someone who doesn't really want me it's actually very empowering not fully developed as much as i would like it to be but yeah it's, it's, there's enough of it there yeah well i mean as i said at the battle of Kaysan, the last plane out of sydney's almost gone yeah 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 <laughs> that wasn't worth it <laughs> i like he had to look up the lyrics <laughs> doing damn it i can't see from my side i honestly couldn't remember if it was plane or train i thought it was tra- last plane out of sydney's uh, come on you know the answer because it was a train it would be delayed <laughs> oh, last train out of sydney seriously like two hours late <laughs> what the f- trains can be delayed are you kidding trains can very much be very late that's my point. What? That's literally what I was I saying. I thought you were saying planes. Did I? I can't even remember. I both. Oh, both. <laughs> I mean, both. Obviously. Everything can be delayed at any time. Yeah, Especially yeah. out of Sydney. Wait, yeah. so is it plane or train? It's plane. Yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles. The Australian edition is like five hours long. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're still waiting for it to start. <laughs> so anything else to say about the heart of this episode? I like when Edna's running away. Yep. And Nelson's sitting in the tree with his, you know, yeah. canola oil ready to yeah. <laughs> throw. And then he goes, I can't do it. That dress is a Vera Wang. Yeah. Well, and how <laughs> she like, afford that? Damn. Mad respect that Nelson right. appreciates bridal designer gowns. Yeah. And I feel like I liked it because it's just a little little brush over Nelson's sensitive side. Right, which comes up every now and then. This was rather darling. And we yeah. love that. Yeah, he knows his bridal grounds and he knows his huckleberries, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Is this corn oil, canola oil? Like, And the trouble is, that was their exit line for that for that act. Yeah. It's so Judy weird. left it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really do like how Krabappel owns the situation at the end. And comic book guy as well, he was trying to be very possessive. And mm-hmm. I just liked how she sort of goes, oh, this is nice. But, you know. You yeah, I think she wasn't, a, oh, of course I wouldn't marry you. She's like, oh, it's been sweet, but we come from two different worlds. Yeah. Like, I'm DC and you're Marvel. <laughs> I understand totally. <laughs> Another heart moment that I skimmed over that I oh, loved yes. is when they're all dancing mm-hmm. at the wedding. And Homer and Lisa are dancing, and Lisa's yeah, on Homer's yeah. feet. I thought that was such a cute little... Yeah, because yeah. that whole scene feels like it's going for the wrong heart, like Skinner's all broken up, yeah. but it feels like he was on such a down note during the wedding, and that's why Edna left, that to then try and sway our sympathy to him when he's dancing by himself yeah, just feels like it was the wrong emotional direction for what they'd already set up. Yeah, Which I felt like they carried through in the scene in Act 2 as well, where like Nelson goes to Miss Krabappel, eh, bros before hoes. Like, I feel like they were just doing that because that was a trendy saying at the time. Yeah, mm. I think with that Skinner dancing by himself scene, if you had had him immediately just go, oh my gosh, I know I had cold feet, but I never thought about losing her entirely. What about yeah. have him make that realization immediately? That scene would have a bit more weight to it. And I get that the kids pick on Edna because they don't get it. Yeah. And I think she then goes on to own, own it when Marge shows up and she explains herself. But then I think it's undermined again when Marge is like, 
if I can't have passion, what would I ever get married for? Marge's like, oh, um, 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 and I just wrote down, stability, Marge. You want the word stability right now. Passion's for teens and immigrants. <laughs> what? <laughs> so weird. Coming from Marge as well, it's yeah. such a weird line. But ultimately, did it feel like a Simpsons episode? Mm. I think a touch. I will say, the Skinnerization, I thought we were actually going to see it play out a lot harder in this episode. I don't think think what we saw in this episode is the problems I have with Skinner, like, generally. Mm. I think they were actually a lot more prevalent in the last episode. But I guess the characters still feel like themselves. It's just their motivations are pretty watered down. Yeah, I mm. think that the big problem here is you couldn't get an exit. As in, if you had Scheme... Uh, God fucking Scheme or fuck. fuck. If you had had Skinner immediately realize the mistake, like I said earlier, and go... I never thought about losing her. Then he becomes the good guy again when he tries to get back together with her and she becomes the bad guy for having moved on so quickly. Whereas if you have him being a bit of a jerk and she moves on because of that, mm. she is a bit of the good guy. And I feel like they couldn't give the heart to him and keep her motivation going. No matter what, you have someone with a flat motivation. Yeah. And I felt like they were split between the two and so they're kind of half-assed. And I can understand the problem, but again, it's a problem they created. An episode where we see Skinner and Krabappel break up should have meant a lot more. Mm. She just, and I'm not saying that, you know, she has to, like, wallow in self-pity or anything, but she does move on to comic book guy fairly quickly, and she mm. sort of seems to get over the whole Skinner thing pretty quickly. Like, I don't know, from her perspective, she sort of became aware that he got cold feet on the day. Of course, she's yeah, got... but he's also attempted to make the reconciliation before she even met comic book guy. Yeah. I only realise this now thinking about the end where... He's come back and is now willing to fight for her and is, he's now everything she wanted originally, but now she doesn't want him. And it's like, because he was scared once, that doesn't really feel like it fits. Yeah, they get one shot with it. Oh, I know yeah, that. that's and right. I like the saying. And I do agree with that, but it's also like... Mm, and it's mm. kind of odd that Agnes being such a problem in the last episode, it's not part of the reason really why they break up in this episode. Well, yeah. I think it is a little bit when she's like having that vision into the future and with Skinner and he's like not ready to move in together or move their CDs together, sorry, I mm -hmm. should say. And then it's like as well the element of Agnes forever being this yeah. like present spider well, force in their she, relationship. Was she in the episode before that dream? I can't remember. I don't think she no, was... No, she didn't really do anything before the dream, but I think, like, it was just that whole... It's a bit of a known quantity at this point, yeah, but still. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's exactly my problem, is how much this episode kind of relies on the known quantity. Because mm. I think they're depending on you knowing a lot about Homer and Marge, and they're also depending on you knowing a bit about Seymour and Krabappa, which is, like, fair enough. This story is an obvious continuation from yeah. the last episode we watched, but... It's also a show that resets to zero and yeah. only expects you to understand some continuations. Mm. Yeah. You need to still re-establish things within episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's my whole problem in mm. establishment and motivations are all kind of shot. But yes or no, would you watch this one again? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Well, I'm not I'm not turning it off if it's on, so mm. at that very bare minimum qualification, we'll put it in a playlist. What playlist does this belong in? I'm on Sci-Fi Con. I'm on Sci-Fi Con. Nah, comic book guy. Yeah. Matt Groening appearance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Matt Groening appearances and yeah, comic book guy and his love life as well. Uh, the stripper playlist? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Duffman. 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 Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, instances of that song appear. I just delivered some Lady Duff and boy, is it getting hot in here. <laughs> BT, what would you like to change? It's kind of tough because the conflict they've set up 
kind of doesn't have a right or wrong party, or it does, but they flip about halfway through, and I just don't know which direction to go emotionally. I kind of want to side with Edna more overall. I like the idea that she's just tired of this, because we've always seen Skinner as being a pushover, but also I hate pushover Skinner. Yeah. So, ah, I'm really conflicted. Find a different central conflict, maybe? Because the Skinner we've seen in this relationship so far isn't one with cold feet. He's always very certain. Yeah. I mean, think about that first episode where he's willing to take that plunge straight out. He's willing to lose his job. Yeah. No questions asked. Not even flinching. Ooh. And uh, then we get this guy who's, you know, terrified. And it's like, I don't quite buy these two people, despite mm. being, you know, six seasons apart or whatever it is. That's what happens seven years down. Yeah, wow. Become a whole new cellular person, but, you know. How about you, Maddie? What would you like to change about this episode? You know, I actually am sad that Skinner and Edna didn't end up getting married and all that. Mm. But I am also glad that Edna didn't stay with him because he was being a pushover. And Edna deserves better, so happy about that. Yep. But I would actually also change... The conflict between Marge and Homer. Mm. I do really mm. like that it is about the batteries. I like that that sparks is like kind of... I get it. Like teeter. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's quite funny. But I don't like that the resolution is to get remarried. They've done that before. Yeah. What the fuck? And it's such Thank a lame way where... I haven't forgot about this. Yeah, where they've got the children's band is shoved in their closet yeah. and they get a Klingon priest. So well, I didn't mind that because it tied into the last scene, but the mm. whole, Marge, you agreed to raise the kids in Klingon, doll. Yeah. yeah. I do super like the idea that if someone out there is looking to, you know, renew their vows, do it in a different ceremony than what you originally did. <laughs> yeah. That actually sounds super cool. So get, like, married in Buddhistness. And, oh. and actually, just on that, I'd noticed I started back up using Duolingo again. Mm. Duolingo have programs for Klingon now. No. <laughs> yeah. They're full conlings. Uh, oh, my God. So how's your Klingon coming along? You said, what about my mother? Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say good. <laughs> <laughs> the sex was good? <laughs> as long as someone's satisfied, I guess that's okay. <laughs> So that's what you'd change? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So I think like they needed like maybe just like maybe a little trip away or something like mm. renewing your vows. Like that was, took it too far, guys. Like, I don't know. I feel like the resolution didn't match the conflict and that's where it went wrong. Right. Because yeah. like, I thought it was funny when they're like bickering through like Edna and Skinner. And I thought it like, you know, Marge being like, we're in a rut. Like, you know, I want you to spice up our marriage. Like, that's all fair. But yeah. Renewing your fucking marriage is not the same yeah. as spicing it up. In, in your room, impromptu Literally, is the in same. In your room. Marge is in her daggy nighty, looking yeah. like a... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're going to hate on Marge's nighty now, I mean. I, you no, know I, what? I was thinking when she was wearing <laughs> that green dress to the wedding, I was like, fuck, that dress is dated. Yeah. <laughs> Get some new clothes, Marge. As for what I'd change, yeah, look, I actually want to fuck Homer and Marge right out of their story. Uh I say, I think it either needs to be a lot less or a lot more, because I do like the idea of having them play through Edna and Skinner and kind of unknowingly be playing off each other. I really mm. like that as an idea, and I wish they pushed that a bit further. Yeah, yeah, because I do also like that scene where they are arguing through each other mm. with the thing, but also the way 
it was revealed that they realised. I didn't really think no, much of. Whereas it would be better if they got to the end, like, Marge, don't you realise we're so good together, we can boss other people around. Yeah, yeah it'd be like, oh, if we can't make Skitter and, you know, Edna's marriage work, then let's make ours work or something. I don't yeah. know. Because, like, the thing is, that whole ensemble song, that was Homer's idea yeah. to try and help Skinner out. And I don't know why Marge was like, okay, Edna, bye. She mm. should have, you know, persevered. No, that's right. And... Like we've said, it did feel weird that Marge and Homer are sort of artificially their best friends now. I love it. Yeah, and I honestly, I wanted to see more Chalmers and Agnes in this episode. Mm. I wanted them to be more involved. Like, maybe Chalmers was, like, pressuring Skinner as well, and that's why he was feeling cold feet. And maybe Agnes was pressuring the other way. Oh, no, break up with her, you know? Like, Mm. I would have liked to see more push and pull from that, especially, like, because we saw it done so excellently Mm. in Grade School Confidential as well. Yep. BT, do you have any other notes? Uh, a couple of good sign gags. During the wedding, there's Go Groom and Bride Pride. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they have it in the gym. I like this as well. There's a sign joke saying, no dark old shoes, please. And it's like <laughs> it's funny because it's a wedding. It's a black tie event. Yep. Yeah. Maddie, what are your final notes? Marge at the beginning of the bachelor party is like, oh, I'm glad I sent the kids to grandpa's and he's showing them photos. Yes. And here's some more Germans we killed with flamethrowers. Grandpa, how do you sleep at night? Hey, drug us. Yeah, I think that was my favorite joke in the whole thing. Yeah, um, we really like toasted their waffles. Oh, Fucking God. hell. <laughs> I like Carl to Principal S- <laughs> Principal Seymour, Principal Skinner. <laughs> yeah, Homer's kids, Principal. Yeah, yeah. And the inverse of that, Homer, Lenny, my man. <laughs> <laughs> I like as well when they're on the walkie-talkies. And Homer goes, this is Fat Load. I'd like to request a new code name. <laughs> Denied. <laughs> and, sorry, comic book guys, Carl, I love your black tinted windows. Actually, they're garbage bags. <laughs> Amazing. Could you give me a pushing start? Yeah, I love it. It's just, yeah. there's nothing about this guy that's going to work out. And it's like, she doesn't care. She's kind of having yeah. fun with it. I yeah. kind of appreciate his unashamedness. He's like, yeah, I, what? everyone needs to drive an auto, <laughs> even those who need a pushing start. <laughs> and those without windows, yep. just trash bags. <laughs> All right, it's time for my final notes. Yeah. Now it's time, now it's time for his final notes. <laughs> so we had an incidental trophy fish playlist between this and the last episode. Oh, yeah. Where, yeah, Bart imagines Seymour. As one of those singing fish. My yeah. Barney lies over the, the ocean. ocean. Yeah. Also, yeah, just coming back to a wishing Chalmers was more in this episode, he had his one great line, Skinner, you have been told to chug a log and a log you shall chug. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep, very simple, very funny. Are you going to also say the one where he's like, my good principal, you're the best we could afford yeah. in this district. <laughs> Why did I write car act up aggravate? Oh, right. Again, we see a bit of evidence of shitty Homer drink mm-hmm. driving as yeah. well, where the car's upside down and on fire in the front yard. See, that's a reason for Marge to be pissed. That was it. But it's hang on so briefly, I forgot about it entirely. Yeah, it's weird. They hang on the batteries and make a big deal of it, and they don't hang on the upside down car, obviously caused by negligent drunk driving. It's like, mm-hmm. there's a reason to be pissed at Homer. Priorities, Marge. man. Yeah, I feel like that kind of is like my whole point with the resolution doesn't fit because, yeah. Yeah. you know, like Homer does all these shitty things, and Marge is just like, whatever. And she's like, fixated on these batteries, this thing. Like, okay, cool, no worries. Like, I can respect that. Pick and choose your battles, Marge. You pick this one because, you yeah. know, like, that's one you can probably win. You can't win the other ones. And then the resolution just doesn't fit. It mm. doesn't. There was a musical moment I forgot to mention. They were playing The Two of Us. 
the two of us in the wedding dance where Skinner's doing that awkward by himself dance back front together <laughs> like ah uh, oh, it's so Seymour that moment I look at him go it. yeah wow he looks crazy as Homer just like walks right in front of him well check it in likes it implies Homer's the one doing the crazy thing but he's just dancing with his daughter it's super cute yeah. So cute. That's a good heart moment. I know, and the little feet is there. I like how they're serving shrimp mocktail. That just, yeah. And the way they just like... I just scooped out <laughs> by Lunch Lady Doris, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. So, comic book guy's wedding gift for Skinner and Krabappel, why he was invited, by the way. Because Maybe he used to fuck his mom. Yeah. Oh, right. He has connections mm. with the family, right? Uh, you know how me. your family, when you get married, yeah. your parents invite some of their friends? Mm. Agnes has invited her old loves yep. <laughs> here to her uh, son's wedding. Yeah. Having to get some in the reception. Yeah, yeah. And comic book guy's gift was the Hulk melon baller. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was so gross. <laughs> so weird. He also just has a melon ready to go right there. Oh yeah, and this is comic book guy as well. Yeah, I think just saying the Hulk melon baller was probably enough. I didn't need to see it happen no. four times. Yeah, one hundred percent. It was. One of those jokes is better, yeah. better left better, better unseen, yep. better than the imagination. Mm-hmm. It is time to rank this thing. BT, your turn to kick it off. Ah, one uh, Patissa Bronze. And, uh, right on the fence of watch and not watch. Yeah, because I did say I would watch it again, but I'm not like really watching it again. I'll, mm. I'll tune in and out. If I can find one thing I want to requote, I'll bronze it. Let me have a quick look here. Ooh, I did like that Wiggum strip bit. That was funny. Just asking Eddie and Lou for backup. And it's not enough participant. <laughs> nah, participant? I, I enjoyed it enough, and it is right on the edge for me, but I just feel like there's not enough here for me to really get excited about if I see this one come on. I'll be like, oh, hey, this what happens in this one? Eh, well, okay, whatever. I think enough of it kind of irritates me. Now, the more I think about... That motivation and the neither one fully completing in terms of an, having an arc kind of irks me a little bit. So yeah. I'm gonna um, I want a participant. I think. Yeah, look, I'm right on the border as well. I'm just gonna average up into bronze because uh, I think it's just a comparison to other participants. Yeah, thing. No, that's fair. Like I do feel a bit more for this episode, but look, not much. This is right on the border for me. Yeah. I've just fallen over into bronze, Maddie. Finish it off. What do you reckon? I'm going to go with a bronzy, bronze, bronze. Bronzy, bronze, bronze. Bronze. Yeah? Mm, Nice and brassy. Nice brassy bronze. You've got brass in your pocket. You are special. (laughs) Special. He gets it. Yeah. Not many people know the title of that song. (laughs) I thought you were going with I've got something in my front pocket for you. (laughs) More South Park references tonight. Yeah, we're going to have to have you back for the South Park Index. Yeah, yeah. And we do need to do the Simpsons did it episode of South Park at some point. So, mm, yeah. True. So, yeah, why a bronze? Like I said, I actually like this one more than the last one, which is awkward because the last one I was like, silver. So, I'm really glad I changed my last one to a bronze. Mm. Yeah. I felt like it just had like a stronger storyline where it was yeah. like about the relationship, like going from getting married and then the aftermath of that. Yeah, I, I think there were some like funny moments in there. There weren't a lot of great jokes, I will give you guys that. Mm. I think all the good jokes were at that beginning of the episode that came from the wedding. I'm sorry, the bachelorette party, bachelor party. So yeah, I'm going to go with bronze. It was okay. It was, man, it was good. Mm. It was all right. All right, well, this will average out into being a dull bronze, which is so fucking right. I um, think so. 
yeah, this will be joining another episode we reviewed together called Waverly Aww. Hills 9021 Doe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, memories. Huh? memories. All alone in the mall night. Oh, and the way we weren't, uh, the Homer, Marge, uh, reminiscing the eye patch and ah. Elvis Jagger, Abdul-Jabbar. Yep, some other episodes in the Dull Bronze category. In the name of the grandfather when they go to Ireland, Dark Knight Court where Mr. Burns dress up as Fruit Batman. Mm-hmm. Weird. Sky Police, which is a fucking odd episode. Mm. How do some of these get in this category? Well, Sky Police has a terrible opening, but then that's not the plot. Dark Knight Court has a really good... A story, but a really boring B story. Are you just trying to justify your ratings to me now, VT? I don't have to justify anything to you. Mm. Is that reputation justified? <laughs> How's that for a segue? <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. We didn't actually have any for this episode, so... Yeah, I did notice that. Really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay then. Well... Some other dull bronzes as well. Kill the Alligator and Run, which we did with JTE. Mm-hmm. I liked a whole bunch more than everyone else. Yep, yep. That's a rare dull bronze that actually yeah. was ranked silver participant participant. Yep. And also Homer's Odyssey from season one as an episode I do not like. Yeah, I know. So we got to get out of here now. But before we get out of here, we're going to talk about some other things that we're into besides The Simpsons. So kick it off, BT. What have you been into lately? I'm going to bring up, because we've talked a lot, you know, we've talked a lot tonight about World War One and World War Two. but <laughs> how did this all happen? Well, if you're curious and you have access to YouTube and like funny but quickly educational videos, I recommend Oversimplified. So they run yeah. through... World War One. they run through the rise of Hitler, World War Two, American War of Independence. Really interesting, really funny videos. They don't have too much out at the moment. They only release maybe once every three months. Oh, wow. I can imagine these take a long time to put together. But they're very, if you like stuff like the history of Japan, how they're that kind of quick, funny style, it's very much in that vein. But it's also very informative, very interesting. I do highly recommend checking them out. Oh, that's really cool. How about you, Maddie? What are you into at the moment? So I'm super stoked because my dad wrote a porno is back and I've been listening to that the past couple of weeks last month. Oh, people just... keep telling me to get into it. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Are you not into it? I have not listened to a single episode of my dad wrote a porno yet. Ditto. What is wrong? Well, see, I grew up in a house where my dad wrote porn all the time, so I don't see the big deal. <laughs> the Wolfman did not write porn. <laughs> Pretty disappointed in both of you, but other than that. <laughs> and then I've also been listening to Dr. Death, who did also um, yeah. the same podcast company as Dirty John. Also recommend Dirty John. That Dirty John fucking was excellent series. really, really great. I loved it. Actually, it was a series that got me into um, podcasts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at that. And now Did you like here. S-Town oh, as well? I didn't love S-Town. I liked it. Didn't love it. Dirty John's still been my fave. And yeah. then I thought this was going to be really good, Dr. Death, but I felt it was a bit like, it was okay. It was a bit meh. Sorry, Wondry. I still love you. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to mention Big Mouth Season 2. Um, this is, I just finished it the other day. This is always a show that, like, I'm constantly rewriting as I'm watching it. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so many parts of it, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have done that. Oh, that is genius. Oh, that's disappointing. Oh, my God, that is wonderful. Oh, fuck, why would you do that? It yo-yos so heavily. (laughs) Yeah, but it's more interesting and it's more thought-provoking than I've had a show do for me in a very long time. And the thought that I keep coming back to is this is the exact show that I would have needed when I was growing mm. up. Like, That's fair. 
it's animation gross out humor but it's got so much heart to it and they really drive home the empathy for the characters i think the only thing that they don't really handle well is their sort of what is and isn't in the imagination of the kids as they're dealing with these hormone monsters and these shame demons and yeah all that stuff it's and the ghost of duke ellington and the ghost of duke ellington fuck that character right the hell off despite the talent of the voice actor I, I gotta say, it's still very challenging television, but I think in the good way. So that's gonna be my recommendation. And I think we're good, guys. That was the rise and fall of Edna Kay and Principal Seymour Skinner. Nice. Thank you for joining me inside Quest Studios tonight. Let's get out of here. That's been Maddie Dockrell. Thank you. And that's been BT Calloway. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house! <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter and Instagram. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes! There is a certain episode about a, a, a certain mother of a certain Homer Simpson that we'll be doing in this sort of format as well later on. Look forward to that. Who is it? <laughs> I don't want to give too much away, but she played Smee in Hook. <laughs> Gary Busey? <laughs> Need more Lemsis. Ah, yeah. oh, that's our sponsor for today. Yeah, today's Lemsip. episode brought for you by Lemsis. Lemsip strepsils and yeah. taking a long afternoon nap. That yeah, ooh. and various kinds of soup. <laughs> to feed a cold, the Simpsons Index way. Mm-hmm. Definitely no oysters. <laughs> no, no oysters. No oysters. Lots of cake, though. That's good for a cold. Whiskey and punching <laughs> is how I get over colds. <laughs> Beat it out of yourself. <laughs> okay, I was just about to ask where the punches are directed. <laughs> At your disease, which is in your face. Can't maintain a glaring ooh. look while also ooh. adjusting ooh. a microphone ooh. stand. Why is it? Down, yeah, that one just slips slowly over time. Uh, that's slippy, is it? <laughs> Old Slippy Joe. Slippy Joe, the microphone stand. <laughs> Don't know where that. How low can it go? Probably the floor. Yeah, given enough time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In time. <laughs> it's my cat's birthday today, by the way, guys. Ah. Just thought I'd share What's your cat's that. name? Casper. Noise. Yeah. Your friendly cat. Exactly! That's mm. why I called him that! <laughs> he is a white, friendly cat. There Aww. we go. Mm. Happy birthday, Casper. And happy birthday for last week, Maddie. Oh, thanks, guys! Appreciate that, that. Yeah, from all the Simpsons Index out there, happy birthday. Oh, wait, it's not my daddy's birthday? Wait, that didn't work as well as it <laughs> nah, did. Matt. I know what you were going for. And that was all your notes? Uh, that is all my notes. I wait, I have not enough notes to fill in the time. Oh, well, excuse... I get it. I better hurry up. I'm good. <laughs> Me. Time for my final note. <laughs> Thank God, huh? And Vera Wang, I'm wearing one of your outfits right now if you'd like to sponsor us. It looks beautiful. Thank you. I'm wearing your underwear. <laughs> I'm assuming she also makes it up. Right on. No, that's Wang yeah. Vera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hate myself right now. All right. You uh, shouldn't. That's a quality Wang joke. <laughs> um, as you said when we were organizing this episode, the reason they failed is they didn't have a good couple name. <laughs> yeah, that's Skin right. Apple? What do we do with this? I don't know. Yeah. Skibupple. Crabinal? Bino? Crandall! <laughs> Flanders and Edna, like, that worked because you could have Nedna. Yeah. 
Comic book guy in Edna, what are you going to do with that? Comic Edna. <laughs> comic book, uh, com, com, comic Apple? No. <laughs> Cam Apple. What's his name again? Jeffrey Albertson? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, well done. I can never remember it. Jeffrey Albertson, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Thank you. I'll see myself out. <laughs> crab Apple. It Cra- is. Crab, crab Apple. Isn't if, he's cra- a- if he's Appleson and she's Crabapple. No, no, no. Albertson. Cra- oh, Albertson. Fuck balls. Crab Albertson. Well, apple. just slapping with something heavy. <laughs> Wah pedal. <laughs> I know, that's heavy as well. 